0: Listening to the Oz Movies podcast only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you for episode 1001. <laughs> Yay! We've made it into the four digit episode numbers for an episode that you've all been waiting for, particularly if you've been following Monsterverse Month, because generally after the first two, we will do the third one. And that's what we're doing here today. We are talking about the 2019 sort of big blockbuster hit. Godzilla, King of the Monsters, starring Godzilla himself. That's right, your favourite chubby little <laughs> radioactive monster is back in his, what, like 40th movie. Oh, he's a he's a trooper, this guy. Never looking a day older than 158 <laughs> million years old, however old he is. Also starring... Who really cares because you don't even give a fuck about the humans in this movie. I'm not even <laughs> going to go through the cast because this movie is all about the monsters beating the shit out of each other. And every now and then you cut to somebody's face going... <gasps> and then there's more monsters fighting that- each other followed by... <gasps> and then, That's right.
1: They, they do that in this one. <laughs> I know.
0: I know. There's some reactions in this one. So uh, luckily for us... We didn't have some massive a-listers sign up to, uh, well, we kind of did, but we'll get to that. This is a, this is an interesting one. Uh, my name is Ben, and helpless people on subway train, scream bug-eyed as he looks on them. Ooh, Godzilla picks up a bus <laughs> and he throws it back down. He wades through the buildings to the center of town. Oh no, they say they've got to go, 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 Godzilla. <laughs>
1: You're right, I'm not sealing your quote. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to top it either. Uh, my name is
0: Colin, and we are a bunch of horny, murderous carnivores. Oh, I've been waiting 1,001 episodes for you to call me that. Um, <laughs> I just want to say I fucking love that song. Go, <laughs> go, Godzilla. Might be the best thing about this movie. Um, I Look, I, I enjoy this movie. This movie is just... Uh, a movie that you go see to watch giant monsters beat the shit out of each other. There's, there's nothing more to it. It is mindless, ridiculous, stupid monsters beating the shit out of each other. Um, there is no plot to this movie. <laughs> we, we we talked about the first Godzilla and you picked out the problems and why you hated it. I feel like if you were to take out the monsters, I mean, please don't, you know, five minutes a movie. Um, this movie's rubbish. Um, And I think that... You're gonna hate me for saying this, but I think the characters, the human characters in this are least developed than the twenty fourteen Godzilla. there's nothing. Oh, no way, no, no, no. <laughs> these these characters are two-dimensional trailer line spouters. There's nothing. And the family drama, oh my God, am I watching Seventh Heaven? Uh, <laughs> I, I just, and oh, this the, week
1: on King of Monsters, the
0: little girl in this movie. Like, it's been a while since I've hated a child in a movie, <laughs> but oh, can't you get stomped on already? Um, but outside of that, it's epic. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know if I've ever had a movie of such varying emotions because. I can't not like this movie because I remember walking out of the cinema a couple of years ago. Going, fuck, like just watch monsters beat the shit out of each other for two hours. What? A- <laughs> I love it. But when you watch it again and you're like, fuck, there's like just monsters fighting. That's all we need. We don't need humans in this movie. I'd rather subtitled monsters going, "Grrr, I'm on a monster. <laughs> I'm on a monster." Well, they were. They were. Be- they were picking up and all that sort of stuff. Um, but I mean. This is one of the weirdest movies I've ever seen, just for the fact that it's so ridiculously fun, but so ridiculously bad at the same time. You just described what a Godzilla
1: movie is supposed to be. And to all the critics <laughs> that we're going to get to on the end of this, this is what a Godzilla movie is. You don't, you're not supposed to care about the humans. You're not supposed to care about a plot. You're just supposed to have some type of hook. That, that gets you interested in seeing Godzilla beat up another monster of his size or bigger. Uh, <laughs> that's all Godzilla movies supposed to be. And this this almost 100% captures the spirit of like the, the, the cheesy Japanese movies, which by the way, I, I did want to say this. Everybody pictures like the cheesy 60s, 50s, 60s, Japanese Godzilla movies. But once you got to the 90s and the 2000s, it was a lot more grittier uh, in tone like this. So this is very much in line with, I'd say, most Godzilla movies from the last 20, 30 years. Uh, But I will completely disagree with you on one thing. There is way more development with the human characters in this. Uh, In the first one, you had one character with development. They killed him off 40 minutes in. Nobody else even spoke after that. Uh, They didn't react or speak. And in this one, every character has a little bit of development. Is it good development? No. Do I care? No. But there's at least development. And you've got actors who know how to act, at least, except for... One who we're gonna get to who um well let's just say it. Millie Bobby Brown. <laughs> oh. I love you uh Stranger Things, I loved you in Enola Holmes. Uh you are not comfortable in this role. Uh, but let's give you a little bit of credit, you're still a child at this point. But like you, I mean, I I was really thrilled when I walked out of this movie. I wasn't like this is the greatest movie I've ever seen. It it was exactly what you said. Uh the experience of seeing this actually was probably more entertaining than seeing the movie itself because uh we had had the twins, and uh, let me see. This came out uh, May, was it? So maybe about three yeah, weeks after that. the twins. Now, most mothers don't want to leave their children. I think with Casper, it was like uh, a month and a half before Jamie was willing to leave him with somebody else. Uh, when you have twins and then another, at that point, two-year-old on top of that or three-year-old on top of that, um, you're just looking for excuses. So when this movie came out, she said, hey, my mom's going to babysit. Do you want to go see a movie? I'm like, Sure. And uh, what do you want to see? She so, said, well, what's out? I'm like, uh, I don't know. There's the Rocket Man movie and there's Godzilla. I don't care. I'm like, okay, well, you might like Rocket Man more than Godzilla. I don't care. I just want to get out of the house. Like, that's all she wanted. Uh, so we went and saw this and I was happy with it because it was what I was waiting for a Godzilla movie to be. Just nonsense, lots of destruction, lots of chaos, lots of big monsters roaring and ripping each other's faces off. And nuking it's, in the
0: face. Nuking in the face. Um, yeah, this is one of the ones that we've obviously had a review of on the show before. Um, I remember seeing this movie, so I was still in New Zealand, and it was actually the very first day I started keto of all things. Like I, I remember it. it was June the first. I, I remember the date, or well, July the first. The one of clearly, I remember it very well. Um, <laughs> but I was—it was a Sunday. I was working and. I had to drive, so the newspaper I was working for at the time, our head office was in a small town called Tiana, about two, two and a half hours away from where I was living. And I had to go there to cover one of the weirdest fucking things I've ever covered in my life. They basically had this shooting competition uh, in this part of New Zealand where over like two or three days, you have to, over those days, go and kill a deer, a boar and rabbits, I think from memory. And then so you bring them back and then you go to this, like it was a rugby club. And essentially I had to cover the aftermath. So they have like a day of festivities there, which include children throwing dead possums and whoever <laughs> gets the longest throw wins. You have the dead boar carrying competitions. You have little children running with a giant pig bleeding on them, you know, like a running race. And then on top of that, you walk into this field and there's just like a, kind of like a coat rack you'd have at Walmart, just but with hanging dead deer carcasses, blood everywhere. You walk into a shed, there's like a pile of dead rabbits. I felt like it was like a massacre or something like that. And all these New Zealanders, just these country bumpkin New Zealanders, just going, oh, Brew, yeah, had a great weekend. I'm like, fuck, you're all murderers. Like, what am I doing here? Like, I feel like I'm going to (laughs) die. Sounds like Redneck Olympics. It basically was the (laughs) Redneck Olympics. So I'd, I'd gone to that, had an interesting day. Got home and I think from memory I was striving to get back to see the late showing because I think there was a, like a nine o'clock session and I just made it in time. I remember walking in the door. Mallory had some friends over from work. I was like, fuck, got to eat, got to go, got to go see Godzilla. I was singing apparently. I knew the song already. <laughs> go, go, Godzilla. <laughs> and I think I'd try to talk Mallory to come in, but I, I don't think Mallory has any interest in these movies. So, yeah, I went and saw it. Uh, and I think I was like one of only two people in the cinema. It was in Invercargill on a Sunday night. Um so yeah, and that was it, and I've not watched it since. So <laughs> my And fun this is story. also my
1: it's also my first time seeing it since uh since it first came out.
0: I just want to add quickly, uh let's go through the human development of the characters right now, because this won't yes, take let's, long. Kyle let's Chandler. and then
1: <laughs> and then after that I want you to run through the human development
0: in part one to prove me wrong. Alright. Deal. <laughs> um because at least one character with character development is more than none, alright? <laughs> Carl Chandler, what does he do? He listens to wolves, and then he basically complains the whole time, and for some reason, Ken Watanabe listens to him for the rest of the movie.
1: Okay, hold on, let me correct you then. He lost a child to Godzilla. So? Became estranged with his wife, lost contact with his daughter, developed a hatred for the monsters, and lost his job and went into hiding. That's a little bit more development I think you're giving credit for.
0: He has hatred of the monsters for five minutes before he basically stares it and goes, wait, we've got to protect it. And then he happens to stumble across his family every five seconds and yell at his <laughs> daughter for every other thing. That's not Let's go to de- the next one. That's just luck. Let's go to the, uh, let's Vera, go to the next one. Vera, Vera Fumiga, whatever her name is, maybe the closest you have to character development, but is there really character development? We see her, oh, boohoo, I lost my son. Oh, don't kidnap me, I'm rubbing Mothra. Next minute, I'm evil, White the humans, and no, I'm going to sacrifice himself for no reason. Okay. So
1: let me again correct you. She got brainwashed by an eco terrorist, which we don't roped see. Her, roped her daughter into terrorism, which we don't uh, see. Almost <laughs> led the end of the world, which we don't through see. Through her that she created, <laughs> and then eventually turns back and reunites with her family. Which makes no sense. A little bit more than you're going She doesn't reunite okay. with
0: her family. She looks at a thing and goes, oh no, I better sacrifice it myself, because like, I could get in a helicopter and throw this on the ground and I'll still survive, and maybe I'll reunite After my family she- then. After she briefly reunites her family. Okay, Damn, go. stupid. Millie Bobby Brown. I've never wanted to see a child get crushed more than Godzilla ever.
1: <laughs> I I agree with you, but she's a child who became an eco-terrorist. I think, again, that speaks for something. But
0: Is she an eco-terrorist? She's kind of dragged along by she her sure mother is. to, like, complain. That's all she does. No. Well, we'll <sighs> get into that let's talk about some waste of talent with no characters. Bradley Whitford, what the hell are you doing in this movie? Hey, he's the only one in this movie who seems to have any fun. But he's just literally sitting there being sarcastic. I think he's not even acting. He's just like, oh, I'm in this movie. Oh, lucky he's on our side, oh, gonorrhea. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sally Hawkins. I completely forgot she dies in this movie. And what a way to go. <laughs> I had to go back and rewatch it or look for her dying because I'm like, wait, where did she go? I did exactly the same thing because I rewound. And when you kind of cut to Ken Watanabe dropping on his knees, like, oh, I'm like, wait, is she dead? <laughs> it took me a while to realize that. Um, Charles Charles Dance, he shows up, girl, I'm evil. Then he disappears. There's no explanation. But he... <laughs>
1: He at least has a character. What's his character? I'm British
0: and evil. Let's get all the monsters. That's, that's what Charles Dance is known for. <laughs> and then the other people here who, I mean, the only one that I really kind of recognized is um, Aisha Hines, who of course is in 911. Um, 911. And then a couple of the other. David Strath. What the point is he back in this movie for? He says that's one launch. There's yeah. an oxygen killer. God have mercy on yourself. Okay, bye. Uh, okay. And what, now- Watanabe... Jesus well, Christ, he we, doesn't do anything literally what is his job his job is to agree with other people like he doesn't do anything mm-hmm. except sacrifice himself for no reason Ugh.
1: no we, we went through this in part one his job is to read all the lines they're gonna play in the trailers And it's uh, very which dramatic. by the way we'll lead yes but which leads us into part one so by the way let's say Brian Cranston has the exact same character arc as Kyle Chandler in this movie no. so let's move on past Brian Bullshit. let's move on past Brian Cranston. Who else has any character development, lines, or even personality in the first Godzilla? Godzilla
0: has a character <laughs> development in that yes, movie. Yeah, stop, stop. <laughs> Godzilla does. No, like I would I would argue that even Thumbface is more intriguing what? in the first one. I, I think what? he was boring as batshit, but I, I, like, there's too many people in this movie. Like, it's just... It's, it's kill fill. you just got one-liners yeah. being dropped at with no context to anything, with a bit of drama Completely thrown in. Completely
1: true, but again, you, you still haven't even answered the question about part one. You just said thumb face is better, but you
0: can't give a reason why. Because we at least have moments where we see, like we, we get the moment when he comes back from his, uh, how am I defending Thumbface? How this has yeah, come for to You're really? not
1: even mentioning character development though. Like, that's the thing. The character development. There's not a moment where he <laughs> looks the same as he does every other scene in the movie.
0: Let me get there. He, he comes back from war. He nearly porks Elizabeth Olsen, but he doesn't get it. He, <laughs> we show that he loves his son for five seconds before he ultimately forgets about him. But then the, chari- <laughs> the character development is his background with his dad that he flies out to Japan and they're trying to sort of recover what they had. There's a few lines there. There's more lines. Of, two lines is more than none then, in this movie. And then
1: they drop that 40 minutes in. Yeah, they do. And <laughs> as you said, his son and his wife, he forgets about them. Now, in order for it to be character development, it needs to develop throughout the movie. not be introduced and then forgotten. Okay.
0: Valid point. I completely agree (laughs) with you. But there is character development for 40 minutes in this movie. I would say exactly the same thing happens in this movie. We get a scene of them having breakfast. We get an email sent. That's what? 10 minutes into the movie? Then it's forgotten about. So 40 minutes, more than 10 minutes. I'm right. You're wrong. Shut up. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, sure. But we both like this movie. We do. (laughs) Wow, I didn't think we'd get so angry at each other. Like <laughs> a thousand. You, you weren't wrong when you said that we won't make it to 2,000. I don't think we'll make it to 1,005 <laughs> at the moment. We're, Jesus. We're not going to make it to Godzilla versus King Kong. You, you like, you literally like got after a 1,000. Finally, I can get into Ben here for a moron. I've put up with Die Another Day for so many times. <laughs> um, so the director of this movie, Michael Doherty, now... Um, he was best known for directing *Krampus*, a movie which we're doing this year, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. and *Trick or Treat*. That's um, a great movie. Not familiar with either of them. He uh, was the writer on *X2*, *Urban Legends: Bloody Mary*, *Superman Returns*, one of the most underrated movies yeah. in all time, in all history. Um, he helped develop the story on *X Men: Apocalypse*, and he's also helping do de- uh, the story on *Godzilla vs. Kong*. He's also a producer on *Trick or Treat*, *Trick R Treat, Treat*. Sorry krampus and um excuse me i'm choking on my own um, opinions here apparently um and worked on a few short films as well i have no familiarity i've, I've not seen trick our treat i've never heard of trick our treat until i read it here on wikipedia and i'd not heard of krampus until you said hey we should do krampus for horror christmas month this year so yeah i have no background with this guy
1: yeah, I've, I haven't seen Krampus either. Um, obviously, I know him from his screenwriting stuff, but uh, Trick or Treat, I, I saw that years ago, I think maybe a year or two after it came out because it was a tiny movie. I don't even know if it got a theatrical release. I think it might have even be one of these straight to video indie movies. Uh, but it's an anthology horror movie, like kind of in the style of the old ones from the 80s, like Creepshow and Twilight Zone and tales from the dark side or whatever. Uh, but, um, I saw it and and I kept hearing, Oh, this is incredible. And I'm like, I completely agree. I'm not really into horror movies, but this just, it was, it was just a blast. It was ridiculous. It was fun. Uh, so I I kind of am disappointed that he didn't inject a little bit of that fun into this movie. Like when I knew he was going to be directing this movie, having seen trick or treat, I was expecting something more along the style of Kong skull Island. And I think, Maybe he was trying a little too hard to make the sequel to the first Godzilla movie, so we don't get a lot
0: of fun in this movie. Um, but uh, he does okay with what what he has here. He, it's giant monsters fighting. Which I mean, I guess horror movie director makes sense there's no character development, right? They're pretty wooden. Uh, that's kind of how horror. The the limited horror movies. We we should do a horror movie month one year just because I've barely seen horror movies like through what we've seen on this show and like the first saw and I think I saw the ring and, um, what's that one? Uh, the grudge, but the Japanese version of the Grudge. anyway, different story. Mm. Um, and I mean, look, we, we talked about the cast, but kind of say when I first saw this movie, um, I like, okay. I know who Kyle Chandler is. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I definitely saw him like, Hey, it's that guy. Um, but I, like I've never seen Friday night lights, um, I don't know if I've seen him in anything. I mean, he was in First Man, I'm seeing here. I barely remember that movie. Remember we did First Man? Um, yeah. Yeah, I, and Zero Dark Thirty I've seen. But, yeah, I, I don't think I've seen him. Outside of that, what else is he best known for? Oh, Grey's Anatomy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, this is a, obviously Friday Night Lights is the main one he's known for, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm a huge Kyle Chandler fan. I mean, I, I think that's
1: maybe one of the big differences between... Uh, Brian Cranston, and uh, for you and Kyle Chandler, for me, I mean, I'm a big Brian Cranston fan, but I have never watched Breaking Bad. Uh, Friday Night Lights made pretty close to my top ten, I think, for my favorite TV shows of all time. And uh, he did another TV show after that, which not at all like Friday Night Lights. In fact, it probably had more in common with something like Breaking Bad. Uh, it was a show called Bloodline that also had Ben Mendelsohn in it and Linda Cardellini. Um, that show, I w- I was just obsessed with, uh, and again, really showing, like, the dark side of Kyle Chandler. Uh, but even before that, when I was growing up, there was a TV show called Early Edition On that reminded me a lot of Quantum Leap. I remember and that show.
0: Yeah, he, he's a guy who gets the Tomorrow's Is really newspaper. That yeah. Is he the main That's guy? That's yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I totally know who you are. Yeah, okay. Tell yeah, a lie. Love I am that familiar show. with him. I do remember that show, yeah.
1: Yeah, but Kyle Chandler's sort of uh, outside of, like, the TV shows, which he's most well-known for, uh, he makes a lot of these small appearances in these big movies like Zero Dark. 30 and the wolf of wall street's another one uh he played like the fbi agent the wolf of wall street and just has a talent of it's it's almost comical here especially if you know kyle chandler of just being really intense and angry uh it's something he does so well and you know with the material here you do laugh at it at times but he's playing kyle chandler (laughs) I, i can't help but appreciate him for that
0: in the uh, Honest trailer, they point out uh, the acting talent in this movie, the number of Emmys won, and I think Academy Awards <laughs> won slash nominated. So, obviously, Vera Farmiga has been nominated for an Oscar. Sally Hawkins won. Did she win the Oscar? She did. She too. did win, yeah. For what uh, Watanabe's been nominated, I think, twice. Yeah. Uh, has Charles Dance been nominated for an Oscar? Um, no. I'm, I'm sure Bradley Whitford's Maybe been, won a bunch of Emmys for the West Wing um, and along those lines. Kyle Chandler probably even won some Emmys. I'm not too yeah. sure. Um, but, like, I mean, God, it's, wow, it really is wasted. I'm not overly familiar with Vera Farmiga. Um I mean, I know who she is, don't get me wrong, um, but, like, the whole time I saw this, when I first saw this movie, I legitimately thought this was Kristen Vick because she looks so much like her. <laughs> and I'm thinking, wow, she's taken a turn from acting. Like, I mean, I know we just saw her in Wonder Woman, but, like, it was like, wow. <laughs> and then also, Millie uh, really bobby shit face, um, <laughs> like, to me, she is a spitting image of a young Natalie Portman from, like, The Professional. and like, Yeah, I, I can see that. And, like, that was disturbing to me because like, I'm like, fuck, like, I like Natalie Portman. I like her in The Professional. <laughs> not like that. Not like that. And I'm like, I, but I hate this character. And I'm thinking, like, fuck, like, ugh. Um, I, 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 I don't watch The Professional going, oh, Natalie Portman's <laughs> hot. Like, <laughs> not that pedo um, <laughs> she's got short hair Colin get with it um, so if they ever do a Natalie Portman movie where she's got a daughter or like a young like you know let's do a flashback on the professional like get Millie Bobby Brown but teach her to mm. act and teach her to be tolerable because <laughs> I have no clue. I've never watched Stranger Things I had no familiarity with this, this girl but holy fuck just shut up
1: so Vera Farmiga, I mean, she'd uh, been nominated for an Oscar for The Departed, I think it was. And I think she also got nominated for Up in the Air with George Clooney. I'd seen both those movies. I wasn't like a massive fan of hers. I didn't quite get why so many people said she's the greatest actress ever. Uh, but then she did Bates Motel, which is another show that made my top 50 favorite TV shows of all time. Uh, and wow, like she blew me away in that. And ever since then, I will watch anything she's in. She had a small role in a Liam Neeson movie, The Commuter. And uh, you know I, I, that was one time where it wasn't just Liam Neeson that sold me out a movie. Uh, So it's exciting to have her in this and pretty much anything. Uh, Millie Bobby Brown. I'll say I'm, I'm a big fan of stranger things, at least the first season and the third season, the second season is complete garbage. Hmm. Uh, I'm not going to judge her as an actress as a whole. So bear with me here. She is terrible in this movie. Now in stranger (laughs) things, she was by far the scene stealer, but she also was a character who didn't really talk. She's, I'm not going to say catatonic, but she's, a character that you don't know what her background is. She has some type of powers or whatever, and she's just disturbed and you kind of have to teach her things. She's E.T. to those other kids. So there wasn't a lot of things for her to do outside of just facial expressions, which she is good at. Um, this movie, not great material, uh, probably hadn't really done a big blockbuster, not somebody who's necessarily likable, <laughs> completely agree with you wasted in this, well, not wasted. I mean, a waste in this movie but i will say she made this movie enola holmes for netflix last year where uh she plays like the younger sister of sherlock holmes that henry cavill played sherlock holmes in that movie oh and wow i was blown away like for i think at the time she made that a 16 year old to have that much charisma where i would go out of my way to watch a 16 year old girl make another movie as the younger sister of sherlock holmes And I'm just as engaged by her as I was by Henry Cavill as Sherlock Holmes. Like, that shows a lot. So she definitely has great potential, but she does not show it in this movie. I am 100%. I wanted her to get breathed on with the radioactive fire breath, which also doesn't make sense in this movie as well. Squished, uh, eaten alive by Mothra, anything.
0: I I didn't even know there was a, a film with Henry Cavill Sherlock Holmes. Look at me go. Um I'm seeing here that Millie Bobby Brown was listed in the Times 100 most influential people list in 2018. <laughs> She's also known for such appearances in television shows such as NCIS, Modern Family, Grey's Anatomy. It's almost a trilogy of shows Ben hates. Although I don't really hate <laughs> NCIS, I've I loved JAG as a kid. I've never really watched NCIS, so I can't say I hate NCIS. And also such music videos as Girls Like You by Maroon 5 featuring Cardi B, In My Feelings by Drake, and Happy Anniversary All I Want for Christmas Is You by Mariah Carey, also featured as a free downloadable character as part of an event in The Sims 4. So, um... (laughs) An esteemed career that clearly <laughs> makes you in the top 100 most influential people. I look at that top 100 influential people in the world list. I'm like, ah, girl in Sims 4 as downloadable character and event. And this was pre-Godzilla. Yeah, I mean, God, geez, Godzilla, she should be After. like. she's top time, 10. Time person of the year, really. Yeah. <laughs> Nobel Peace Prize. Most influential child on the fuck, Greta Thunberg. You know what, actually, <laughs> you now I think about it? I have about the same opinion of Millie Bobby Brown as I do of Greta Thunberg. (laughs) If I have to be honest, I'll leave it at that. Let's let's be nice. Um, Also appearing in this uh, movie, Mothra. Good to see she's looking good. Um, She hasn't been in a movie in a while. So uh, (laughs) are you familiar with her filmography, Colin, I I think? Sure am. Yeah, pretty good. Also, Gonorrhea. Um, Good to see Gonorrhea back. (laughs) <laughs> looking looking quite well. And uh I think it's a new actor to play um King Ghidorah. Uh no, that's that's gonorrhea, I mean. The other one, the, the birdie one. Rodan. Rodan Rodan, thank you. I think no. it's a new actor playing Rodan. Uh, but I like the yeah. role of Rodan. Controversial it's, recasting, but uh, they pulled it off. Yeah, the whitewashing it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> gotta be done. Gotta be done, right? Um <laughs> But let's, let's get into this movie. <laughs> um, I mean, you talk about how it's kind of more of a sequel to Godzilla. Like, we, we talked, obviously, with Kong last week, you know, a bit of a lighter tone, but it still kind of works. Th- this movie is still, I guess, I yeah, I feel like it's more of a tone of the 2014 Godzilla. It's a bit dark. And I kind of, I like how, you know, it reminds me a little bit of uh, Batman v Superman at the beginning where you've kind of got these reactions to what's happening to kind of in the past movie, how you sort of had... Uh, you know, Ben Affleck, Bruce Wayne going through the streets of Metropolis as Superman and Zod fighting. Um, and then you get a lot of those real word reactions. So I, I like this part of the movie where you've kind of got Carl Chandler and, oh, no, tragedy befalls him and his beloved family. And you kind of got that shot of you see the, the red sort of, um, you know, there's stunt face, there he is falling down in San Francisco. <laughs> And one thing too, I love the Honest Trailer points out. It's like, you love the first Godzilla, how you saw like 10 minutes of Godzilla. This time they're going to go the complete opposite direction and you're basically <laughs> going to be sick of Godzilla. Even though having said that, uh, as many people point out, all the big monsters in this movie are still obscured by darkness and smoke yeah. and snow and water <laughs> and like, everything's still completely covered. So the opening scene is this, quote, character development where Kyle Chandler is looking for something. Uh, Jesus, maybe, I don't know. Uh, Vera Farmiga and little girl. This little girl, better than Millie Bobby Brown. She doesn't say anything and she's getting hugged by her mum. They're all scared and looking up as they're looking for something. Um, Vera Farmiga's crying. Millie Bobby Brown's looking at emails. I mean, is this meant to be character development, Colin, because dad only communicates via email? Yes. Yes. It's never explained properly why they're separated. Like she went off and joined Monarch because why? And why does he go and? Solve? and he left it. Well,
1: wow. He's again, but development means it starts one place and goes somewhere else. So the oh, fact where does it go?
0: That, well, he comes back and to she wish. leaves again. Does, does he come back though? He only comes back because he finds out that he's kidnapped.
1: <laughs> I'm not arguing that this movie has great character development. I'm saying it has infinitely more than
0: the previous movie. I disagree. Um one thing <laughs> you can't you still have yet to put, put an I argument proved for it. it. I said I said the first one had 40 minutes worth of character development before they forgot about <laughs> it. This has fifteen minutes of character development before they forget about it. Forty more than fifteen. For one character as opposed to five. There's two characters, Brian Cranston and Just get on place, with the and movie. Brian Cranston's such a man, he's worth at least eight characters. I'm sorry, but <laughs> I see Brian Cranston's 30,000 Emmys and Golden Globes and Oscar nomination to Kyle Chandler's pretty good-looking face. Um, I don't know why it was under... Why were the lights on Friday? Like, couldn't it be Thursday lights? And I know it's a football reference before you correct me. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to be funny. It's taking me a thousand episodes. <laughs> um, so they're having breakfast. It's like we're watching Breaking Bad now, actually, because they're having breakfast. Um, and let's put in all the subtle references to the Boston Red Sox. Like, is this a thing that um, the What's His Face director guy is a, is a Red Sox fan? Like, Michael Doherty? I mean, because here she is wearing a Red Sox shirt. It's going to be a Red Sox hat in one of the photos. And, oh, the climax has to be at Fenway Park. Like... I I, I don't know if this is a a love letter to the Boston Red Sox because you destroy... Maybe he's a Yankees fan because he destroys Fenway Park. uh,
1: I love that this is like, oh, it must be the director who's a fan. Like, the first movie took place in Hawaii. So if you had people wearing Hawaii merchandise, you would assume that's why. But in this one, no. The movie's gonna take place in Boston. It must be because the director is from
0: Boston. But but what I'm saying is like, I mean, you could literally choose any city. You could choose New York and just like have Yankees merchandise. You could choose yeah. Winnipeg and well, have Jets merchandise. Like it's just No, it's, that's, that's there was that's a creative true. decision to put it in Boston.
1: I, I would assume part of the reason is you wanna have it take place in America because you're selling this Godzilla movie to an American audience. People have seen New York destroyed a million times, they've seen Los Angeles destroyed, they saw Hawaii destroyed, they saw Chicago destroyed. What other major city are you going to go to next? Boston's probably the first one that I could think of that hasn't been destroyed yet. When
0: did Chicago get destroyed? Refresh my memory. The Transformers, um, uh, oh. what was it? Revenge of the, not Revenge of the Fallen, the dark, the dark of the Moon or whatever. I saw the first one of those and I assumed all the movies. It's kind of like the fast movies. I feel like you just don't really get much in that. Um. There's character development in those movies, isn't there? <laughs> um, but that, I will say though, like I, I'm not trying to, you know, complain about that point it's just it's it's interesting and, and like I, I like kind of what you point out there like you've seen these big cities being destroyed i like it when you get sort of a new city. like we joked in um geostorm about orlando getting destroyed but like it, i mean it is kind of cool like again i'm a yeah. fan of end of the world movies cities getting destroyed i, I love those sort of movies so it's, it is interesting when you do see different cities get destroyed and I, I i couldn't say i've ever seen boston get destroyed in a movie before so um, who's your favorite baseball team, Colin? I feel like we've asked this question recently.
1: <laughs> I, I would struggle to think of what baseball teams there are. I know there's the Blue Jays because I'm from Canada, so
0: let's go with that. I don't okay. even know.
1: I, I, I probably hadn't hit puberty yet the last time I watched a baseball game.
0: <laughs> well, next time I come to Winnipeg, we'll go watch the Winnipeg. The Gold Tri- Eyes. The Triple yeah, sure. Let's, let's go with, I'm guessing that's the team. Uh, so anyway, uh, they're having breakfast. <laughs> Um we get quote character development by saying dad contacted me um and then they get a call they've got to go downstairs cuz something something has awoken and it's a giant lava looking thing it reminds me of the brain bug from Starship Troopers this thing oh um, yeah but it's Mothra uh, and I when we talked about it a couple weeks ago about that creature in Godzilla hell it's not Mothra I completely forgot that Mothra was in this movie one thing actually that I'll point out So you know how Spider-Man 3 and then even The Amazing Spider-Man 2 get a lot of complaints because there's too many villains. You know, there's too much going on. I want to say that I feel like this should be a movie that gets that same complaint. But without that, like if we just had Godzilla and gonorrhea, then it's not going to be the same. (laughs) I feel like you need... It's the same as the last movie. Yeah, you need to be oversaturated. Um, So Mm -hmm. uh, that is one complaint this movie doesn't get, which I'm surprised about. But at the same time... I mean, I defended Spider-Man 3, so but this, yeah, this uh, kind of works. So, yeah, uh, Mothra is angry. It's eating people. Um, then Vera, Vermega, Mega Miga, whatever her name is. That sounded a bit wrong, Ben. I said Miga. Um, she... With an M, people, with an M. <laughs> I really shouldn't emphasize things. Sometimes people might not have heard what I said, and then I just make it worse. <laughs> uh, trying to make some best ofs for the 2000th episode, people, four years' time. Uh, so she's got a machine that can basically talk to it. Calms it down, uh, great. Then the evil dude from Last Action Hero shows up and <laughs> murders everyone, and then wants the machine to himself. Um, I, I was I was so confused about Charles Dance because like I like he disappears. He literally disappears. Yeah. And like I know there's a post credit scene, but even the post credit scene doesn't explain anything. And actually, can I also point out one thing too? Do like I kind of think Charles Dance wins. In this movie this oh
1: 100
0: this is kind of like skyfall that if you fully analyze this movie the bad guy gets what they want yeah so he didn't care which
1: monster won he just wanted to unleash all of them and he did
0: which okay like let's hit let's uh contradict myself here there is no character development there is nothing happening with the human characters in this but in some weird way I can I appreciate Charles Dance's character that he shows up. It's like, I'm British and evil. I'm going to kill everyone. And I'm going to steal the BP machine that talks to animals. We get like one scene when he goes like, grr, Vera Farmiga, stick with the plan. And then we get a grr, your little girl ran away to Fenway Park. You bad mother. Then he disappears. Like I like to picture this evil guy. Like he doesn't have to twirl his mustache and fucking taunt people and tie him up to a chair and get a henchman to kill it. Like, he kind of gets in there, does the shit he needs to do, and he pisses off. Like, yeah,
1: just what, sits in a back room watching on his monitors. Excellent. Everything like, is going as I've foreseen.
0: Again, it's Oz it's Network bingo. 9 11 and Hitler's got to come up eventually. Like, both, like in 9 11, some bin Laden fucking blew the planes up, went back to his cave for what, like the next, how long till they found him? Like, <laughs> 10 years? 10 years did, almost did his job some of Bin laden wasn't tying george bush to a chair going yes haha this is my evil plan for world <laughs> yes. domination get him al-qaeda member number three like did his shit went to hiding yeah hit hitler fucking invaded poland went back to berlin told his generals what to do got a bit died co- in a bunker got a bit cocky hiding killed a few people and then killed himself But, again, he's not tying Winston Churchill to a chair going, ah, ha, 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 watch me, gas a Jew. Like, he's not doing that. Like, he's just getting shit done. Charles Dance, he's getting (laughs) shit done. Doesn't need to be, like, a Bond villain. So, in a weird way, the lack of character development and the fact that he disappears out of nowhere kind of makes sense. So, (laughs) I'm on board. Ben just argued himself out of an argument. Good job. I did. Look at me going. I'm learning as a podcast host. Probably made a few offensive remarks in my little uh, rant there, but um, <laughs> look, it's episode 1001. We've got Patreon now, people. Remember to subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, if you if you subscribe to our Patreon, I will be less offensive. I will uh, I will censor myself for you. We make no promises about Noah, though. No, that that kid is not controllable. Um. Did I point out in our one thousandth episode that he was drunk when he gave our greet those greetings? You pointed it out to me uh, yeah. off air. <laughs> he sends he sends me part one of that, then it doesn't end, so we had to. I was like, can you send like a closing bit to that? He sends one in. I basically the script him <laughs> what to say, and then he's like, oh, I was so drunk when I said that. So um, I love shaming Nog because he never listens to these, so he has no <laughs> idea what we're saying. Um, so uh, we've got a Senate hearing happening. Uh, is it, what's her name? CCH Pounder? Is that her name? Is the Senate committee? Is that her? Is that, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's her. I like her. Uh, wasted in this movie again. It's like, um, was it Geostorm where you had uh, Richard Schiff as the Senate committee leader and he just was there and yeah, that was it. <laughs> Thanks, Richard. Here's mm-hmm. your check. Off you go. I mean, in all <laughs> honesty, like she probably made a, a pretty. You probably made more money by this ten minute appearance than I did in my entire <laughs> life. Um, I mean, I wasn't in this movie. It's like Jeff Goldblum. Unless in- everybody listening right now signs up for Patreon. <laughs> yes, exactly um i realize i'm looking at the wrong movie i'm looking at imdb i'm looking at the cast i'm going terry cruz wasn't in godzilla king of monsters <laughs> <laughs> i was looking at bridesmaids i'm like wow did i miss terry Crews? <laughs> they're so easy to get confused <laughs> I, I would watch the shit out of this movie if terry cruz was in this movie <laughs> cch pounder yeah that is her um I mean, again, this is the real world stuff I actually like. It's kind of, this is what you would have. Like if you had fucking Godzilla and monsters destroying the world and you get those really cool news reports where, you know, they're talking about like, this was the biggest disaster in human history and we're having memorials and I love that stuff. I love the mm-hmm. real world nature of, of disaster movies where they do that. You know, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, I, I'm a movie I'm a defender of. I mean, that's a dumb movie, but I, I can enjoy the shit out of it. Also, more character development in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Controversial <laughs> choice, but you know I'm right. Um, like the new stuff, the Senate committee, all that sort of stuff. You want to know what would happen if dinosaurs were discovered and how the world would react, and this is exactly the same. But again, they forget about this like five seconds later. um. Ken Watanabe gets a message. Sally Hawkins goes off to bang a fish monster. Um, David Stratham's there. Uh, I like, I will say, I do like this uh, assistant guy um, with the beard. Thomas Middleditch? Yeah, Thomas Middleditch? Is is that what his name is? Middleditch, yeah. What's he from? He looks uh... very familiar.
1: He's appeared in a couple little things here and there. He's actually Canadian, but uh, right now he's got... Uh, I think it's a really funny show on TV that Chuck Lorre produces called Be Positive. He plays a guy who's dying um, of kidney failure, and he meets some old friend of his from high school who's just a complete hot mess. And she decides to be his kidney donor, but she has to get like sober and all that. It's a really funny show.
0: He, yeah, I, I've seen it advertised, and I kind of wasn't sure. Because who's the girl in that show? Isn't she... Wasn't she of something we uh, covered recently, or is she quite famous? No, I don't think I've seen her in anything else, though. She's uh, fun, though. Annalie Ashford. She um was in Masters of Sex. Kinky Boots. Um Oh, and she's going to be in Impeachment, American Crime Story, which I'm really looking forward to. Can I just say, like, just I'm weirdly excited. That's for one that. I'll watch. Um, anybody out there, I, I think uh, American Crime Story made my – top 10 maybe even I can't even remember but uh, the first two series were just incredible and I'm weirdly fascinated by American presidents so I'm very much looking forward to the Clinton Lewinsky one that they're doing anyway sidebar um so yes I like the bearded guy we meet uh Kyle Chandler he's hunting wolves and massive helicopter I-, I do love in movies and that when just a fucking giant helicopter appears out of nowhere and just <laughs> lands in- and like how do they find him? Like is Carl Chandler just like on Facebook going, "lol, hunting wolves at this exact precise location <laughs> in rural Oregon," um, and he's not even surprised. It's like, lands out comes Ken Watanabe and Sally Hawkins, and he's just like Grr. because the star yeah, yeah. Of, the star of this movie is the facial expression, and we can't yeah. do it on this audio because literally, if you were to edit every single facial expression reaction from every actor in this movie, <laughs> it would probably be more than the Godzilla fight scenes. Um, it's yeah. just. Like, I, I want to see just the, okay, stare into the camera, blank face. It's days of our lives. Like, <laughs> turn to the camera dramatically. Like, I killed my father, but he happened to be my brother at the same time. Oh. <laughs> um, so they're in a house. Did you know that that, that little thing is on the lake? That's uh, Tony Stark's cabin from the Avengers movies. Is it really? It is. Yep. Uh, so wow. fun fact for you. That cabin it was nice for him to
1: loan it to Kyle I Chandler.
0: Know, Tony Busy probably hadn't died at that point if he hadn't seen Avengers. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Um, that cabin, more character development than any human in this movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, okay, I, I look, clearly you understand it more than I do. Who is Kyle Chandler and why do they want him? Is it just because his wife and that's been... Not, not even his wife, no. his ex-wife, who no character development because there's no point in this movie where they even care for each other. Anyway, point. <laughs> Uh, who is he? What What's the point of him being well, saved?
1: They both worked for Monarch until the Godzilla disaster the first time around. And he left, she left, but decided to go back and rebuild this machine. Uh, so it's... I think partly because of the machine, because they talk with him in the, this cabin scene here about the machine. He says, "No, don't worry, the machine's destroyed." And they said, "No, she rebuilt it." And he's, he gives one of his reactions: "What? <laughs> I'm Kyle Chandler. What did you say to me? <laughs> that's my Kyle Chandler impression."
0: <laughs> Which, like, every, you're right—that's imperfect, Carl. Because I would have given my Kim Watanabe impression. We need to get them right now. Like, it's <laughs> 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 yes, everybody's so intense. They're very Rupert Bonham-ish. Like, they're just—they're just so dramatic. Yeah, like. Timothy Dalton would have been perfect in this movie. Oh, yeah. Timothy Dalton doesn't even need, like, the things like a Kyle Chandler and Ken Watanabe, no disrespect to them, you can tell when they're being like, so like, trailer line, insert here. Whereas Timothy Dalton is natural. Like, he's just a dramatically trained Wait a second. Oh, God.
1: Must have scared the living daylights out of her. That's natural? (laughs) To me, it is. Um, (laughs) Oh, buddy. I... I would argue he might be the opposite of natural with that, but it's amusing nonetheless.
0: Okay, let's test the waters here with Colin Hilding and Ben Waterworth's opinions. Timothy Dalton's love chemistry in both The Living Daylights (laughs) and License to Kill, better character development than anything in this movie. Living Daylights, yes, not License to Kill. Definitely not kill. Come on, getting into a bar fight and fucking in a boat is more character (laughs) development than anything in this movie. (laughs) You know? <laughs> Two girls fighting over at the end and a fish blinking in the gritty dark bond, yes. I, I feel like you could use Timothy Dalton quotes in this movie and it would legitimately make sense. Like, you know, <laughs> we've got nothing to declare. Like going into Fenway Park, like driving underneath Godzilla. We've got nothing to declare, Godzilla.
1: <laughs> um, We're going to assign the
0: mi- military
1: to take over monarchs. Stuff your orders.
0: <laughs> the beginning of the movie when the kid's missing. Ta-da! <laughs> Millie! Millie! <laughs> Must have scared the living Daylights out of him Works in basically <laughs> any scene When you've got people reacting uh, See, work Timothy Dalton can fit Into any Godzilla movie There we go um, I will not make My belly button talk Um <laughs> Look at that Dalton quote, people. <laughs> him doing a friend Fran, Fran Dresser impersonation. Um Mr. Ah! Mr. Pricklepants <laughs> quote. Um so basically here we're we're learning we we get the flick through of the um the future spin-offs of the Godzilla franchise that we learn there are 17 <laughs> of other monsters coming soon. Winter, fall, June. Let's say it's like the Disney Star Wars thing when they've got that map of everything, yeah. right? 17 Um, upcoming projects now in 2021 alone is there as mr godzilla franchise fan are any of these ones that you see i know you see kong i believe in one of these but are any of these like are these all legitimate monsters from the godzilla universe no
1: No, and uh, I I wondered about that because I thought that this would have been the best opportunity to use them. But apparently the deal that they signed, like every time an American movie is made, uh, the Japanese studios behind Godzilla are very protective. They like even with these, they said you can release it, but we have to be able to release one of our movies in between years and everything. They only gave them the rights to Godzilla, Ghidorah, Mothra and Rodan. Uh, so, all the other ones here are completely fictional and made up just for this movie. One of them apparently is one of the Mudos, a uh-huh. different one, but. Oh, uh, because mine
0: definitely looks like it, it's yeah. got like that sort of pincer head thing. I don't remember if it's the male or female, but yeah, it's, it's one of the Mudos. Now, I also like when he's scrolling through here and you see the, the skeletons and all that kind of stuff, which, again, so many things don't make sense about this plot like we've just watched what two movies where it's kind of like oh wow do we exist and in this world and then kind of kong it's all about hidden creatures and that sort of stuff and then even the first godzilla it's sort of like oh we live in this world and we're surprised now we see the news reports of godzilla's been missing for five years and what is this mysterious monarch and all this sort of stuff and they're just fucking like yeah we know where all they are yeah like you know that's there that's them we can do that i'm like okay i get it monarchs like a shady organization they're keeping it secret from the world but like. How can you keep some of these things secret? Like, I mean, people are going to be yeah. questioning this sort of stuff, and and I also like, is Monarch good or bad? I don't understand. They're it. definitely
1: bad. Okay, a <laughs> good well, argument for them being the bad guys.
0: It's it's like, I mean, I kind of liken them to Ingen, but mm-hmm. I'd say Ingen more of a good guy. I mean, Ingen are definitely bad. I'm not saying In- I mean, Ingen are like they toe the line, whereas whereas Monarch is yeah, I was thinking definitely more bad. <laughs> um i kind of want a monarch t-shirt though i like the logo like it's kind of you know i <laughs> yeah. have my in gen hoodie that i used to wear all the time um i like it when they're flicking through the thing you see the skeletons and that but you see the different um outposts so i'm just i've just paused it here so i see there's like loch ness there's munich um i like it when they get to australia that it's in Ayers rock which it hasn't been called since the '80s. It's like its official name is officially Uluru. They sort of change it um, through all the Aboriginal land rights. But I guess it's sort of probably more outside of Australia. Maybe it's sort of not being publicized that much. Uh, Mount Fuji, Japan, and then in the states, uh, I can't see Canada, but there's one in Arizona which we will see. Uh, there's Stone Mountain, but when they when you do see that, um, the map later on. It does look like there's one in, like, somewhere around either Vancouver or Seattle or something like that. So I think I'm fucked, mm. basically. I don't know if there's one in Winnipeg. <laughs> you, you might be safe. Um, and Skull Island here I'm seeing, they've kind of got it near Hawaii. I thought Skull Island was closer to, like, the Philippines. Yeah, I thought, well, it was supposed to be by Vietnam. Yeah, so, I mean, look at this map right now. It is nowhere near Vietnam or where <laughs> it's meant to be. It's, like, basically in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. One thing So I just it's got- good to know that they were
1: able to take a helicopter on one tank of gas from Vietnam to Skull
0: Island near Hawaii. Yeah, I mean, God, we know in the first one when they took Thumbface to Hawaii that they were closer to Japan. They should have just gone to Skull Island. Um, One thing I'll say, though, when you're talking about sort of the creative use of the different creatures, it it must be like a cool thing, though, where, sure, you can get sort of the the rights to these creatures, but to kind of have free will of creating giant monsters, like... I've got to say, the people behind this movie had fun making it. The, the yeah. people who had the most fun were the writers and the special effects people and the cinematographers and just the behind the scenes people, the editors. Because, like, mm-hmm. I'm watching these scenes of these monsters fighting. I'm like, fuck, that must be fun putting that together in your editing suite. Like, imagine they're sitting there like Jimmy and Jesse and and Jennifer, like all the J's apparently just work on uh, this Godzilla movie. And they're just like, fuck, man, we're going to make Godzilla do this. And then he's going to light up and then he's going to go nuclear and then three-headed thing's going to lose a head and do this. And then here comes this one. Like, must be so fun. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. You know what? You need a job. Apply. I could do stick figure ones. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, the only thing, these things exist. Oh, your wife and daughter have been kidnapped. Eco-terrorist Charles Dance. What is an eco-terrorist? I thought eco terrorists meant to save the environment. Like, is he saving the environment by wiping out humans? Well,
1: I think the idea of an eco-terrorist is they want to save the environment at the
0: expense of humans. All right. So Greta Thunberg, is an eco terrorist. Yeah. Um, basically. Uh, <laughs> We've we mentioned her too many times in this episode. I apologize, people. Uh, if you donate to our Patreon, we will stop mentioning Greta Thunberg. <laughs> That's a clear threat right there. Um, so, well, yeah, we find out a little bit about this Charles Dance character by saying that he's evil. That's all we need to know. Uh, we meet What's the Fashion 911, Bradwy Whitf- Bradwee. Bradley Whitford. Bradley, oh, Bradley Whitford Bradley Whitford uh <laughs> one of 50 people wasted in this movie shows up um we get a uh, token chinese actor to appeal to the chinese audiences here as well um
1: you know what is, she's from
0: right i have no idea what she's from
1: Crouching Tiger Hidden She's pretty much the most famous uh oh. like outside of Hong Kong Not Crouching Tiger it. Hidden Dragon Hero uh Memoirs of a Geisha was the one like american film that she did she starred in that one
0: I've, I've not seen any of those movies so uh sorry i, I didn't you're so that. cultured ben i know i know um i mean i watched parasite that was enough for my uh Asian ben's idea of year. a
1: foreign film is i watched a godzilla movie once upon a time
0: <laughs> well in all fairness every time i watch an american movie it's foreign cinema to me so therefore i'm watching a lot of foreign <laughs> films it's only when i watch australia movies that i'm uh, you're doing that um This is the one scene in which Kyle Chandler actually shows his hatred towards these creatures because he's going to forget that he hates these creatures in the next scene moving on. Um, Sally Hawkins reacts to a few things. So does Ken Watanabe. Ken Watanabe goes from being an expert to doing everything that Kyle Chandler says. Like literally shows up and he's like, what do we do, Kyle? I'll tell you, Ken. Um, Also, have I mentioned that they're on like some weird outpost for where they know Godzilla is? It reminded me of the Meg that basically they're on, like, some thing. God, the Meg's a terrible movie. Um, Charles Dance and the family go to Antarctica for a nice little holiday, kill a few people, start putting bombs to wake up. I'm just going to call it gonorrhea. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) What's it called? Ghidorah. Ghidorah. I'm so sorry that I'm offending, like, Godzilla fanboys. (laughs) Like, uh, this would be like if somebody's doing a thing on, like, I don't know, third watch. And like, oh, what's that character? Bosnit, Boswitch, Bosco. (laughs) I'd be getting offended. Um, Cool. Uh, Meanwhile, they decide to uh, have a scene with Godzilla swimming around. Can I also just point out, the human characters in this movie, all they do is point out, like, they're they're basically juxtaposition. They're explaining the story. They're explaining what's going on, which I get It's a movie thing. You need these characters to do that. But, like... Literally they go from knowing nothing to knowing everything in every single scene in this movie. They're all like, what's happening? I don't know. Yeah. What's that noise? It's Godzilla's heart rate. Cool. Godzilla's angry. Better slow down. Turn the guns down. Godzilla doesn't like guns. Okay. Open the door. I'm going to stare at Godzilla. He'll like that. Why is he flashing? It's a show of dominance. Oh, you didn't know that five minutes ago. Oh, well, now I do.
1: Yeah. And, and also their technology can literally just do whatever they want. When they're like, you know what? I've lost track of Godzilla. I searched the entire Southern Hemisphere. Hmm. Better scan the Northern Hemisphere. You press a button,
0: Northern Hemisphere scans Southern Hemisphere. Like that, that basically means you can monitor the world. And this is going to be a weird defense of a movie that I absolutely hate in a comparison. Independence Day Resurgence is a terrible, terrible terrible movie. I would still say maybe character development. Actually, no, character development in that movie doesn't exist either. No. Um, you, you kill all the good ones in it basically for cameos and shits like that. But at least in that movie where it's a similar thing, where they've got, like, technology that does everything they want being convenient, at least you can explain that in Independence Day because you basically throw it away with... We've had this alien technology for 20 years. We've developed it from the alien technology. And also the whole 20-year timeline makes sense. You can develop a lot in 20 years. So, therefore, when you've got weird craft and everything in Independence Day Resurgence, throwaway line, alien technology, boom. This movie, literally nothing explains how they've got this amazing technology that can track all this Mm. sort of stuff. And, again, I'm not in the military. I don't know what they've got. I'm sure they're hiding things and all this kind of stuff. Great. But I don't think they've got a button that's going, giant monster heartbeat. Oh, he's also happy today. Oh, he had oatmeal for breakfast. Oh, he also (laughs) recently watched Breaking Bad Season 3, Episode 7, to which he didn't really (laughs) like it as much as Episode 6, but he thought it could be improved slightly. They know everything about Godzilla. Um, So, you know, that's happening. There's a cool scene when Godzilla swims past the window. Great. Um, you get a couple of cheesy Marvel-esque lines of, oh, can we close the thing now? Or do you want to invite him in for a beer? Like, like uh, Mar- Marvel has destroyed cinema in many ways. I like Marvel. But, like, mm-hmm. it's, just, it's just this thing now, isn't it? That just every movie has to have quips galore. And, again, I know that's and- not a purely Marvel thing. We're Bond fans. Bond's done it for years. But, like, no one took the trope of quips from every Bond movie and turned it into, like, we have to have this in every movie to make it a thing.
1: And what makes it worse, as we've talked about a lot on here, is if anybody does anything different, Marvel fans will instantly say, well, if they actually just were smart like Marvel and did this, no, we don't want everything to be like that. Just stop.
0: It has a time and its place. Like, I'm not saying it's always bad, but, like, it's just, it gets to a point now where every blockbuster movie has to marvel out the last Marvel movie. You know, and it's just, it just can get a bit tiring. Particularly in a movie like this, when you, Don't give a fuck about the characters. The actors are wasted. And like Bradley, you you, you said it before, Bradley Whiffen's at least having fun. Like he's natural. Like you believe it when he says it, but it's just, it doesn't fit this. It fit Kong, even though there was a lot more of it in Kong that I said, like I definitely thought it was overused, but at least fit Kong. Whereas this, it's a lot darker. It's a lot more serious. And it's like, oh, let's invite him in for a beer. It's Halle Berry in Die Another Day.
1: I think part of the problem is that you don't just have one comic relief character. You have both Bradley Whitford and Thomas Middleditch mm. and they both have those lines every once in a while, but then they'll turn it on and off. They'll go into the super serious. I'm Kyle Chandler, you know, <laughs> uh, I'm Bradley Whitford. Uh, and then it, it, it seems even more awkward because you're like, well, who are you? Are you the Kyle Chandler? Or are you the, you know, Marvel guy?
0: Yeah, and the Tom Hiddle ditch whatever his name is. Like he, yeah. I, I think he gets forgotten about that he's meant to be funny halfway through this movie. I, I feel like yeah. the writers of this movie started off something, then they go, "Fuck, no one cares about character development or comedy. <laughs> Fucking make monsters fight." Okay, that's all they did. Um, I will let you talk in a minute. i just I'm capping as much as I can here. Uh, meanwhile, Antarctica's happening. Uh, they discover that they're there. They go to Antarctica because they need to see what's happening. It's Monster Zero. They're all, you know, scared of Monster Zero. Uh, basically, Carl uh, Chandler discovers his ex-wife, um, releases Monster Zero. Sally Hawkins apparently dies. Um, we meet Monster Zero. God, God, Jiro. Why was fuck? I can never remember his name. Oh, God, Godan. No. What's the name? Rodan. Rodan. No, Rodan. this isn't Rodan, isn't it? This is gonorrhea. No, this is Ghidorah. Ghidorah. Is Ghidorah. Should really write that down. Hang on. Ghidorah. There we go.
1: I guarantee you spelt it wrong too. <laughs> how do you spell it? G-H-I-D-O-R. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Three letters in. Yeah. Two letters I, I spelled it
0: G-I-D-O-R-A. That's how I spelled it. Um... It wakes up, it fries a few people. I've got to say, Ghidorah looks fucking cool. Like, I like this creature. Like, giant wings, three-headed monster, like, spikes, everything going for it. Um, And, of course, Godzilla just happens to show up to save the day. There's an epic fight. Can't really see it because there's snow. Um, I mentioned Sally Hawkins dies. Everyone else escapes. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Here I say. But oh no, the big shock, shocking thing is. Oh no, Vera Meg is evil because she blew it up, and so is Millie Bobby Brown. And countless scenes of Millie Bobby Brown screaming is just torturous. Like just her <laughs> staring at things, going Aah! like, "Oh my god, shut the fuck up." Um. Yeah. I'll, let's cap it. Oh no. Let's, let's go to the Waking of Rodan. Visually, this movie looks amazing. Again, let's go back to my mm-hmm. point where seeing this on the big screen was just an experience. And what saves this movie from being an absolute piece of shit is the incredible action fighting scenes and special effects look amazing too, let's be honest. like They mm-hmm. really do look great. And I love this sequence when you got Rodan coming out of the volcano. Are we, are we in Mexico here, this small village in Mexico? And kind of just the, the volcanic eruption and just the fire and even when it's like flying over the city and it's kind of got like a shockwave coming from its wings. It looks incredible. I love this Rodan. Like Rodan might be my favorite new creature in this movie. It looks so yeah. good. Um, gets into a fight with uh, gonorrhea. I do like this kind <laughs> of style that there's like a cyclone thing going around uh, whenever. Gon- right. Yeah. Flies. Um Godzilla rocks up because, again, Godzilla's got great timing. Do we remember in the first one when Honolulu like, got to a tsunami because Godzilla shows up? They forget about that in this movie. Like you know, No yeah. natural disasters happen when Godzilla shows up. Um, also, they're in this weird flying craft that happens to be able to house other flying craft. Can we also just point out, too, that Carl Chandler just is – He's the boon from Lost of this movie. Every time something needs to be done, I'll do it, I'll help, I'll do it, I can do it, it's me, I'll do it. It's like fucking when the door won't open for this helicopter, I'll do it. Why? Because <laughs> it's Kyle Chandler and that's what he does. Like, you, you okay, here's my comparison into the Jurassic World franchise. You say Chris Pratt is just our hero. He can do everything. That's Kyle Chandler to me in this movie. And <laughs> the difference is Chris Pratt's got charisma and I like Chris Pratt because he's got some character development, more. And he doesn't have hardly any in there Jurassic World. There is zero, yeah, zero character development for Chris Pratt in Jurassic World. More than he, more than Carl Chandler has. I know more about Chris <laughs> Pratt. I can tell you more about Chris Pratt's character than I can about Carl Chandler's character. And I don't, you tell me you can't either. I,
1: I, I like Chris <laughs> Pratt. I do not like Chris Pratt. I, we went through
0: that. But tell me, you can't you can tell me more about the background of his character than you can about Carl Chandler's character. Come on, you know I'm right. No,
1: I don't think you can. Oh bullshit. Because in no, think about it. in Jurassic World, he's there to train Raptors. That's all you know about him. You know that he one time had a date with uh Bryce Dallas uh Howard, uh Bryce Dallas, Texas, or whatever. <laughs> uh and they never explain why he's there in the first place if he's so opposed to the dinosaurs being in captivity. They do
0: explain he was there to train them and then he kind of stuck around to help out. He lives on the island. I think they explain at one point that he was... They do explain why he's an animal trainer. Then in the second one, you learn a little bit more about his background with training Blue because you see the footage of that. You learn uh, that he's building okay, so a you're house into in a two Washington movies. or whatever it is.
1: You, you're into two movies, uh, which is not relevant to this argument because we're talking about one movie. So... Kyle Chandler used to be in Monarch. His child was killed during the first Godzilla appearance. That's it. He left. Him and his wife developed a machine that that his wife rebuilt because she got roped in by an eco terrorist. He comes back to stop them and save his daughter. That's that is it. no more or less than Chris Pratt in Jurassic World.
0: I I, I disagree. Again, well, you
1: you're I love the when I explain Kyle Chandler in this movie. You're like, well, that's it. Well, you're a Chris Pratt. You're like, you know what? He was hired to train dinosaurs. He decided to stick around. That's it. Let's just end it on that's it. Went on a date. <laughs> um, he went on a date. Di- okay, so getting motorbikes. married, having a sh- getting married and having children. Kyle Chandler. Okay, riding motorbikes counts. Kyle Chandler does everything in this movie.
0: <laughs> Shut up, Chris Pratt has kicked <laughs> Kyle Chandler's ass. I want to see that. Yeah, in- <laughs> fat chance. Fat chance. Don't call Chris Pratt fat. He lost weight. <laughs> <laughs> He's star killer guy, whatever his name. What's his can name, Guardians of the Galaxy? Uh,
1: Star-Lord. Star-Lord. Star-Killer. Can, can we just say that again? Hey, again <laughs> we're, we're, we're arguing when we both like Chris Pratt and we both like Kyle Chandler, <laughs> and neither of us think that they're great in either of these two movies, yet we've made it into an argument. This at, is episode 1,000 plus.
0: At the end of the day, if I was gay and went on a date, I would rather Chris Pratt. So that's why... <laughs> I prefer Chris Pratt because he's Chris Pratt and Kyle well, Chandler's not Kyle. Well, he's Kyle Chandler. He's not Chris Pratt. That's what I'm going with. He's it. Kyle Chandler. Come on. Shut up. I don't know what else to say. Um, I'll cap it there. That Oh, there's Rodan. an oxygen. There's an oxygen bomb because why not? Yeah. No, this, well, no, actually that, that, that there's a very good
1: explanation behind that one. I'll get to that though. Um, so the opening scene, uh, I, I kind of like, to just seeing this is the chaos. But let's be honest, they 100% lifted that scene almost shot for shot from Batman v Superman. Mm. Uh, it is the exact same premise. It's the exact same angles, everything. Uh, so not a lot of points for creativity in this one. But great to see that there were some people there who were responding to monsters attacking. Because apparently everybody else in the city had no reaction to it whatsoever. It's just this one family, which by the way, already sets them up. as having more character development than anybody in the first movie because they are reacting to things that happen in the first movie more than people in the first movie reacted to things that happened in the first movie. Anyways. uh, (laughs) I love that Vera Farmiga. I I love that uh, we're usually in these movies, like let's lump monster movies in with disaster movies because they're basically the same thing. It's just a monster's causing it uh deadbeat dad Kyle Chandler checks all the boxes but he's the good parent in this one Vera Farmiga is the deadbeat mom in this movie yeah and yet she's the one who has custody uh she's the one who isn't monitoring her child enough to know that the child's about to burn the house down (laughs) uh and then she takes her to the hatching of a creature that they have never seen before and don't know if it will kill them all and almost kills them all Mother of the year right there. <laughs> like, I don't even understand how a child is allowed in here. Like, Monarch is so super... The, leading into the next scene, the the uh, Ken Watanabe uh, Senate hearing scene or whatever. They are so secretive about Monarch. They don't want anybody interfering. This hearing is because they don't want the military having a presence, which, by the way, we learned throughout the course of this movie, every other character who has anything to do with Monarch is in the military. So what is this fight Ken Watanabe's putting up? No, this can't be the military taking control. We, we see the military is already in there. <laughs> what are you fighting against? It's, it's, it's mine and Ben's arguments about this movie. It doesn't make any sense because we're arguing things that we actually
0: don't disagree on. And I just also want to point out too that, you know, we, we've we lived, all jokes aside, I always bring up 9-11. We lived in the day and age where we saw a massive global disaster and the reaction that came from it. And every single human being was like, fuck, come on, America, do something about it. Like, I remember that month afterwards. And yeah. when are we going to strike back? If fucking giant monsters were destroying cities, they're shit. Oh, yeah. they're blowing the shit out of these things. It's not gonna be like, no, save yeah. them because they're animals. Like it's not, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, you can explain it a little bit differently, because they're dinosaurs, it's a bit, it's a little bit more grounded in reality. So like, hey, let's save the dinosaurs. This, it's like fucking city destroying monsters, fucking I I'm I'm gone I don't give a shit if they're animals. Kill them. I don't yeah. want them to destroy me.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's why Monarch are the villains of this movie. And it's not because Monarch has necessarily done anything wrong. I mean, sure, they've kept some things from the public, whatever. It's this Senate hearing. (laughs) This is a real problem for this movie because Ken Watanabe makes himself the villain of this movie when they're trying to say, listen, military should have control of this because what are we going to do when they attack? And his solution is... We got to have a trailer and let them fight. <laughs> this is where we get the, uh, so you're suggesting that we should make Godzilla our pet. No, we would be his. <laughs> like, ho, 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 ho. <laughs> but um, that is a really bad plan. Okay. Cause that is essentially the same plan that the villains in this movie have. They just want to speed up the process. So I'm sorry, Ken Watanabe, you are an eco-terrorist. Uh, and I'm wrong, glad you're dead. Yeah, it, is, it is literally <laughs> yeah. the
0: same idea, isn't it?
1: You're right. Exactly the same. Uh, the only people who are good in this movie are the military. And by the way, the military aren't looking to destroy all these creatures. They have the power to, but they're smart enough to hold back and say, hey, listen, we can't just destroy one because what? they're going to go nuclear if we destroy them. Who knows what's going to happen? Um, but I, I really do like Thomas Middleditch in this movie. I don't think I noticed him the first time around, maybe because I recognize him now. Uh, he has, along with Bradley, were the, uh, only funny lines in this movie. Um, the briefing that he has, uh, I don't remember who says, uh, thank you for the fifth grade history lesson. <laughs> um, I, I think, yeah, that's when he was giving his speech before the Senate committee here. Um, but yeah, the monarchs already to blame for all of this, because let's be honest, it, the MUTOs that started all of this, they had the MUTOs there. They're the ones that basically hatched the MUTOs, So they started all of this and they could have kept everything on Skull Island, but they're also in charge of this. Forget about what Charles Dance does when he goes there. It is a Monarch facility that is keeping Ghidorah in the ice and has the power to unleash nothing that happens. The people who start this are Monarch employees. Charles Dance worked for Monarch. Uh, Vera Farmiga worked for Monarch. Kyle Chandler didn't work for Monarch, which is why he has to come in and save the day. I mean, he did, but he left. Uh, this is all Monarch's fault. Monarch are the villains. Monarch is Hydra. They are <laughs> not uh shield, okay? <laughs> um Vera Farmiga's, you know, presence to this movie is great because again she she sort of brings like the the Brian Cranston uh respectable the same thing with Kyle Chandler, By I me mean, Kyle Chandler's playing Kyle Chandler, so uh, I'm happy with it, but he's not going to bring any like real caliber to the acting uh with this type of material but she does have a little bit more to play with with the the, the villain scene she's going to have later on but like i could not care less about her and her daughter making eggs and burning bacon like <laughs> it's just boring like i don't want to know about your personal life uh and, and being a terrible mother whatever but she'll get good later on um Smoofy. so charles dance I think she does. I think she has one or two good moments in this movie. When she's revealed as kind of being the villain, I think it's decent. Uh, but there's other problems with that scene, which I can't wait to get to. Uh, so Charles Dance, uh, I don't know if you followed it closely enough before this
0: movie came out, but do you remember that there were rumors about who Charles Dance was playing and it was supposed to connect to the previous movies? Uh, was he meant to play an older thumb face? Like this was going to be no, like set in but- the future. No, but...
1: But the rumors was that Charles Dance was supposed to be playing the older Tom Hiddleston from the first one. That Uh, Tom Hiddleston's character would have finally gotten some development. Now there, that would have been your character development, right? Yeah, Uh, Goes from the hero of the first movie to becoming jaded eco-terrorist. I actually kind of like that idea. I don't know what, maybe they'll still reveal it in the next one. I don't know. But uh, I think that would have made this a little bit more interesting. Because we don't have a lot of ties to the other movies. If you're going to have a movie that is so heavy on the human interactions... Which isn't a new thing. Like, we ran through Godzilla's screen time in movies, and the first movie, it wasn't an issue with Godzilla's screen time. That's average for a Godzilla movie. I think it was still on the low end, but still, it's not unheard of. Humans dominate these movies, but you need humans that you can at least want to follow. And you're introducing this new family that you don't really care about in this movie you didn't know from before having at least one character to ground you in the previous movies would help. There is another one and it's not David Strathern. Uh, and when we get there, I know you're not going to pick up on it because I don't know who would and why they bothered to it make Zola? it a connection. Oh, sorry. Two, two. All right. Uh, and then a couple of shots of Kong. So maybe three, uh, <laughs> Ben just tapped on his head, he's like, I'm the thinker <laughs> on this show. Uh, but like in the Senate hearing also, like, Ken Watanabe is not only giving them a really bad plan, but then he just
0: disrespectfully walks out of the meeting. (laughs) like bowing, right? Like he's doing the respectful Japanese (laughs) thing, but then he like walks out. And they're like, excuse me, where are you going, sir? And then Thomas Middleton, just, uh, so let's get to my next PowerPoint here. <laughs> oh, yeah, the creature's Scramble. having sex, or if it's sensitive or yeah. not. And I love how they blur their faces off. So basically, their genitals are on their heads. And when we were watching the Godzilla a couple weeks ago, we were watching like monster porn because their genitals are yeah. on their face.
1: Yeah, well, here's another fun thing I, I know you missed in this movie. When they're running through all the locations where they found these things and they're saying like, Mexico, wherever, uh, Skull Island. We even found one in Wyoming.
0: <laughs> Actually, no, I did I did uh, pick that up. I like I remember hearing that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Wyoming's very important in these big you know monster and disasters. Does, and how
0: does a Wyoming monster go?
1: <laughs> <laughs> They're Fran Drescher, apparently. I'm from
0: Wyoming. <laughs> <laughs> uh
1: now Ghidorah's first appearance here. Um I think the sequence runs a little bit long. This movie could have been just a tad shorter because it's it's like two hours and 10 minutes or something like that. Uh, A lot of the Antarctica stuff you could cut out, but when you do get Ghidorah's appearance with the lightning and everything around him, that's the visual effect. There's not as much of that in this movie that the few things I appreciate about the 2014 Godzilla and a lot of what I appreciate in Kong Skull Island was just these clever ways of filming sequences kind of from that that POV uh, position. And this one has like the one moment where everybody's running when Ghidorah first comes out of the ice. And um, the, the camera, it's almost like a handheld camera of a person running backwards because it's shaking and everything. And it's just shot solely from the point of view of the people who are running away from this. That's a great shot. Uh, Ghidorah with all the lightning flashes, that's a cool effect they have. Uh, Ghidorah was one of the original King Kong monsters. Uh, now I'd have to look it up, but I, I'm, I'm pretty sure the first Godzilla movie was just Godzilla. The second one was Godzilla versus something, but the other creature it wasn't like very prominent. Uh, and then they either did Godzilla versus Mothra or they did uh, Ghidorah first as like the first real monster versus monster fight, which is what the series became known for. Uh, so Ghidorah has been around from the beginning. And uh, the other cool thing is that they call it Monster Zero here which uh, is the code name for Ghidorah even in the earlier movies. So there's a lot of little homages here that they give. Um, the, the One problem that they have here, Kyle Chandler, uh, when they had the, the video of him watching his family, uh, again, minor nitpicking mistake. He's watching a horizontal video and then the next shot it flips to vertical, which maybe they just couldn't keep their camera steady, I don't know, but it just kind of <laughs> bothers me watching that. Uh, and I also like, uh, whether they they come in and say, okay, we got some bad news for you. Why can't you just say news? It's always bad. Like some of these other soldier characters, I think do have some fun. Uh, Aisha Hines, you mentioned, you know, she, she's got a couple of fun moments in here. The other one, the other soldier, uh, that gets like promised screen time here. Uh, this is ice Cube's son who of course played, um, Ice Cube in the the Straight Outta Compton movie, so they got a lot of Straight Outta Compton actors in these movies.
0: I okay, I'm glad you said that because I wanted to say so much that this guy looks like Ice Cube. But generally, if I compare uh, people that aren't white to another person who's not white, I'm regarded as racist when I don't see it that way. I like I legitimately thought this person looked like Ice Cube. So now that you say he's Ice Cube's son. <laughs> I like it makes complete sense because I'm thinking is that Ice Cube the whole time wow he really does look like he's dead
1: yeah, well, you know what? Jamie and you uh, have the exact same problem, then, uh, because I don't know how many times Jamie not only has mistaken Lawrence Fishburne for this, never Samuel Jackson. She knows Samuel Jackson. <laughs> uh, but Lawrence Fishburne is Joe Morton. Joe Morton's Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, we're going to see Lawrence Fishburne <laughs> later in this movie. But her big one is uh, Chihuahua 4 She has multiple times when I'm trying to show her a movie, and I, I was, of course, I'm a big Chihuahua 4 fan. She's like, is that the guy from Black Panther who
0: died? I'm like, no! They don't even look
1: anything like Jamie
0: come on <laughs> wasn't wasn't it when we saw Tenet that you were kind of like he kind of looks like Denzel Washington I'm like it's Denzel Washington's son was, was that not that one or No, I knew he
1: was Denzel's son I think no, uh, what did maybe we I see? was explaining was, no, Jamie's was, um, reaction it
0: was, it was Black Klansman when he was in Black Klansman? I know there was one that we covered that you didn't know it was Denzel. No, you know,
1: I knew it was, uh, I think it was Black Klansman. I didn't know when I started watching the movie. And then it was was the voice more than anything. It's not, because he really doesn't look like Denzel at all, but he moves and he sounds like him. Yeah, I knew Uh, there was something
0: there around that. So,
1: yeah. Uh, But uh, yeah, this Ghidorah Godzilla fight. Now, uh, as far as screen time goes, Godzilla appears earlier in this movie. That's the big difference because godzilla's screen time is apparently only 20 seconds more in this than it was in the first movie but the first movie had that annoying thing where they kept teasing you're gonna see a monster and then like oh it's a mudo something we don't know and don't care about you know it would be like if we knew that this movie had had brian cranston coming back from the dead and they keep having like these big you know uh build-ups to a character emerging and then it's like it's charles dance it's (laughs) Thomas Middle Ditch. <laughs> it's not <laughs> Brian Cranston coming back from the dead but Godzilla at least appears early in this movie and we get like a first big fight whereas in the, the original movie we just had Godzilla always in shadows and clouds and then he doesn't really get to do anything until the last 10 minutes of the movie we at least have some moments like with the first Ghidorah fight here um, the uh, uh, the, oh, the Rodan thing I'll get to that in a, a second here Uh, But uh, this idea about the orca, I mean, this is the closest thing to a plot in the movie. They have a machine that can imitate the alpha sound that all these things respond to, which, by the way, if we're talking about animal behavior, tell me how this makes sense. Are you going to have wolves responding to the alpha cry of a shark? Which I guess only sharks in Jaws movies make noise, but you get my (laughs) point, right? these are all different species from all different time periods who have all been hibernating. How do they respond to something from another species? Like that doesn't make sense. Along with Godzilla, when Godzilla is going radioactive later in the movie and he starts breathing his radioactive breath. And they're basically saying he's basically an atomic bomb. Who's going to explode now, which is why we can't blow him up. Why is everybody about 10 feet away from this? Not worried about the radiation that they're being exposed to. Um, scientific flaws
0: in the movie well there's i mean uh, look don't there's so many in this movie and i'm not a scientist but like i mean i generally assume that if uh you're in a city where buildings are falling around you that there's probably going to be debris and other stuff that's going to hit you not just like a bit of dust so yeah exactly yes you know and in this case they're radioactive monsters by the way
1: Uh, And I'm sure they're carrying diseases, like this is where COVID came from. Yeah. You know, one one little snot bubble exploded of Godzilla's, and now everybody's got diseases. Yeah. Nobody they have not studied these things closely. They studied how to track Godzilla, but again, they know everything about the biology, like you mentioned. Uh, The one scene that I mentioned that I really do like uh, Vera Farmiga, her performance at her character, is where she reveals herself to Kyle Chandler and everybody else is the villain here. Uh, it's filmed and kind of cool. Like there's this weird glow in it where, where her eyes are like glowing. And it's just because of the, the screen that they're playing it on, but it, it was probably an intentional thing that they wanted to give her like this sinister emperor, like presence, but she never presents herself as like, it was my plan all along, you know, twirling her mustache. Uh, it's, uh, it's a little more subtle, but I, I really like this scene. Uh, what, what really makes me laugh in it though is when she's going through her plan as to why we're doing this, this is what we're doing. She's talking about overpopulation and war. She's like, overpopulation, war. And somehow she's hijacked this phone conversation with her PowerPoint presentation at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) And it's perfectly timed to every line she says, even though other people are responding to her. Yeah, no, Um, I noticed that.
0: That's funny. Yeah.
1: But again, this is what a Godzilla movie is supposed to be. It's supposed to be silly. Um, the, uh, Sarah Zawa Ken Watanabe getting mad when she unveils her plan. You literally unveiled the same plan before the Senate 40 <laughs> minutes ago. Ken Watanabe, how are you getting mad at this?
0: I wonder uh, how you I, can leave. Like how, like, oh, let's leave in harmony. What do you like? walk down the street in New York. Sup, Godzilla? Oh, yeah. How's your day been? Good? how are you? Oh, don't knock over that building. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that, that is the plan of both villains in this movie. Uh, and really the only difference is Ken Watanabe wants him to just sort of let them fight or whatever. Uh, and even Vera Farmiga, she says when uh, all the other monsters start waking up, she says, it wasn't supposed to happen this fast. And Charles Dance is like, oh, well, <laughs> you know, they, uh, so right there, it wasn't even their plan to speed it up. The only difference is they sped it up through a machine that woke these things up, but it wasn't even their intention. So they're not villains. Uh, I love when, uh, the Rodan sequence happens here, which I, I completely agree with. You. I think we even said this, Jamie and I said in our original review, that the look of Rodan is like visually fe- spectacular and probably is handled best of all these like returning monsters. Uh, but when they can't get the hangar doors open, a uh, subtly funny moment here that I definitely didn't notice the first time. And even I had to kind of rewind because I'm like, wait, was that actually meant to be a joke? Where Kyle Chandler's like, who can open the hangar doors? And Thomas Middleditch has like this moment mm-hmm. where he's like, I can show you. And Kyle Chandler's like, anybody else? Anybody else? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, I laughed
0: at that. That was funny.
1: Yeah, Uh, but then he ends up going, now the Oxygen Destroyer, I know you're mocking it, but there's a reason for this uh, in this movie. The original 1954 Godzilla movie, we already mentioned that uh, uh, the Dr. Sarazawa character was the main Japanese character in that movie. Which, by the way, you want to see, Japanese Godzilla movies, the first one had a ton of character development, which is why it stands out so strange compared to like the cheesy godzilla movies later uh but uh the original dr sarazawa character has a little bit of a similar arc in this one but also this oxygen destroyer are you just not blinking or did you freeze Uh, there you go you blinked uh, (laughs) (laughs) i have never seen a human being go that long with blinking i didn't realize i wasn't (laughs) blinking sorry I actually thought for a second, I'm like, should I keep talking? Is, is, this, is this... I'll in-?
0: blink more for you moving forward.
1: Please do. Um, but we're going to have almost nothing to cover after this over. My notes are almost done. This is crazy. Uh, anyways, the way that the original Dr. Sarazawa character destroys Godzilla in the first Godzilla movie is with an oxygen destroyer that does exactly this. Right. Uh, takes everything out of the ocean so that nothing can live. So this is a little bit of a throwback to the original Godzilla movie um you know obviously it doesn't work in this one (laughs) at all (laughs) uh but uh it's for somebody who you know has watched all the Godzilla movies I kind of like that
0: it kills the fish and do you notice it's just a little fish like you don't see a fucking like humpback whale and a great white shark floating up the water it's just a couple of dead fish also you talk about you know Ken Watanabe and all that like grrr don't destroy the world there are innocent humans you fucking drop an oxygen-killing bomb yeah. that wipes out this small... Like, there were survivors in that small Mexican village. Well, not anymore. I mean, yeah, exactly. Just... <laughs> Anybody who's in the water right now is dead instantly. Yeah. Um. Which, again, it's it's a disaster movie trope. I get that. Like, you care about a couple of people while millions of people are dying. But, like, it's just... It is always interesting in these movies how you're meant to care about certain people when it's just like you're watching a city like build, like in Boston, like probably the coolest scene in the whole movie is when Godzilla literally walks through a building and kind of has that like fuck you look on his face there were people in that building. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. He's wiping off guts off his face. Like, oh, sorry. And don't, there's, you, there's don't you, We're gonna get to
1: the Boston stuff, but don't you always love in these movies where they say, prepare an evacuation plan five minutes before it gets there. I'm sorry, five days wouldn't evacuate that entire city. Everybody is dead.
0: You know, the one thing too, that I, I didn't really mention in the last well two movies, um, why do the military and every single person in this movie continue to shoot these things? We know it yeah. doesn't work. Like Yeah, exactly. Okay, visually it looks cool. Let's have the military fire a couple of missiles from an F-18 Hornet or whatever. But like literally these creatures go, mm, girl, I'll eat them. Uh, on that note, uh, I didn't
1: realize this until I read some of the trivia. The fighter pilots that are firing in this Rodan sequence here on Ghidorah and Godzilla and Rodan and all that, uh, these are all cameos. Uh, now the director and the one of the screenwriters are in here, but two of the other fighter pilots you don't even see the face of Eli Roth and Seth Green. Oh, really? Wow! Because they were friends of Michael Doherty's, and they said, "I need to be in a Godzilla movie." So he put them in the sequence. I was about to say, Daniel Craig.
0: Uh, well, this and... <laughs> is the Daniel
1: Craig, Tom Hardy thing. Let's put him behind a mask. Seth Green. Wow, it's <laughs> in cool. a Godzilla
0: movie. I, I, one of the scenes I do like, though, is when that guy uh, ejects from the plane and Rodan eats him. Like, that's a cool yeah, shot. Yes,
1: that's probably. Well, Smith's we need to be reminded.
0: Like, th- I think. In the, in the Godzilla movies,
1: you always get the Godzilla is trying to save them, but he's still stepping on buildings. So you're always reminded it's, there's a danger to this. And we've been so overdone with like these city destruction things that I think you need to remember, there still should be a reason why humans should fear these monsters, even the good ones. Hmm. So it's necessary to have scenes like that with Rodan or even Mothra early in the, the, when Mothra hatched at the beginning of the movie to see it's trying to eat people. It's not always going to be a good creature.
0: One thing too, I'll quickly add, you mentioned about the characters and all that sort of stuff. Um, I think a real problem with this franchise and the connectivity of it is that you don't really have connected characters like, yeah. Okay. Ken Watanabe, Sally, whatever they return. But at the end of the day, I mean, they die in this movie, but like you, you don't, you could watch this and not even know there was another Godzilla movie. Basically, you know, it's kind of, yeah, I think that hurts it. And like, All jokes aside about Thumbface, when I think I said in the 2014 Godzilla, I'd like to see him return. It's more of a continuity thing. Like I'd like to kind of feel these worlds are connected a little bit more. Because even in the in Kong versus um, uh, Godzilla, we've got what's his name, Alexander, uh, uh, Guardsguard. Thank you um we got him and like what Millie Bobby Brown's returning yeah, and yeah well Kyle we can at least get hurt yeah we at least get them back but I'm kind of
1: worried seeing how far down the cast list is of Kyle Chandler that he's probably gonna end up being a cameo like David Strathern.
0: but it's just it's just and like when you bring these characters back they they just almost are completely pointless to the plot you know oh, is- but
1: we're about to get to a big connected character tell me now from who, who is, is films it who is
0: it I want you to tell me who. okay it is so Goodbye. I have no idea
1: when we when we when we get Mothra being here, here turning into Mothra uh the guy who's running that compound joe morton oh right is Corey hawkins Ma- that's Corey hawkins from kong skull island in I one scene i did not scene.
0: know that okay well i was excited for joe morton but uh, now i'm even more excited so that's been confirmed that that's the same character yeah
1: because they were they and i i didn't even notice the first time i saw it because it'd probably been a year it's not like you remember Corey hawkins character's name but they identify him here as dr brooks which is the character in the first one and apparently i'm, I'm excited to read these if they go on sale for cheap enough but uh apparently <laughs> uh all there's a bunch of well i'm not gonna pay good money to the, the oh, kong i'm so excited to series. read
0: these if they're cheap but,
1: <laughs> but they had uh, a lot of comic books that took place in between these movies and they sort of use that cory hawkins slash joe morton character to be the lead one in the godzilla kong comics that do connect these movies more
0: well, there you go. Mind blown. I also love the fact that Joe Morton's just literally there for like two seconds. And then, oh, all right, Joe, there you are. Yeah. Bye. Um, like in Justice League. <laughs> I, I do like the visual shot of uh, Rodan on the volcano. Uh, Well, actually. Uh, oh, yeah. God. Blah, 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 blah. Ghidorah. Ghidorah. Thank you. And then Rodan. Bam, and then we learn that Ghidorah is a fucking alien. Also from the original Godzilla movies, uh, Okay, by the way. well, I'm glad that's the thing. Because like, I'm like, okay, we're going to go into that a little bit more? Like, <laughs> they, just, they like you talk about people not reacting to monsters, sub Godzilla. We've just discovered yeah. that. aliens exist now. and they're yes, like, exactly. Okay, alien. cool. Like I get it. You live in a world where there are giant monsters. you may be a little bit more susceptible to believing these outlandish things. but like if right now between when we record this and we release it, humans discovered life on another planet or like aliens came to Earth, this is going to be like the biggest thing ever. This will yeah. be bigger than anything you can ever think of. And they're just literally like, oh, okay, cool, aliens, let's
1: get on Which with it. Which planet? That, one? that yeah. one? Oh, I always figured something would come from there.
0: I'm going to ask a few questions. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jupiter, Saturn in our own solar system, like how did it get here? Are there more of them coming are, to protect us? Yeah, are us? more coming? Like, I mean, this could be the baby. This could be like a newborn. Mm. Fucking hell! I saw Independence Day Resurgence. Unfortunately, um, you know. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get let's wrap the whole thing up now. Um, let's just get the human shit out of the way. Vera Farmiga and her daughter have a fight. She ends up picking up the thing and going to Fenway Park because there's some loose plot about how let's get the Orca to Fenway Park because it's got speakers. And we can draw them all to here. Now, Fenway Park isn't the only stadium in Boston. It's also probably not the <laughs> loudest stadium. In, I mean, is this the thing that Boston, uh, Fenway Park renowned for? Loud speakers? I don't know. What's Again, the other one? Uh, well, I mean, you've got TD Garden where the, the Bruins and the Celtics play. I guess you could just fucking rip the roof off. Oh, that's um, indoors though. Right? But you've got yeah. the, oh God, what's the the stadium where the Patriots play? I mean, the, the, I think a football stadium is going to be louder than a baseball yeah. stadium because there's constant noise, whereas baseball there's large it's moments just of silence. Not as famous, so the audience won't recognize it. I mean, and again, like it sounds like I'm I'm mocking this, but I'm not. Like I like it when they kind of can use sort of things like this, and and like I would just assume that a writer or a director or someone was a, a Red Sox fan, or the opposite. Maybe they were a Yankees fan and they wanted to destroy Fenway Park. Is that different to you as a Leafs fan? Mm-hmm. Like if you're writing a movie, like you know, like I mean we're getting to the love guru later this year. And I know you hate it. I, I don't mind it. Uh, you know, the whole, a whole plot of that is the Toronto Maple Leafs and Mike Myers as a Canadian, I don't know if he's actually a, a Leafs fan or he just wanted to use the most famous Canadian team. So they kind of mm-hmm. use that as a large plot point of the movie. I, I'm assuming that there's a Red Sox fan somewhere in the creative direction of this movie. And you know, anyway, point is, she takes the thing, goes to Fenway Park. And, like, again, let's go to the reactions of this movie, right? She's a Red Sox fan. And I'm sure she, like, they live in Boston. I'm sure they go to Red Sox games. But, like, she's probably never been, like, on the field or, like, in thing. Here's another thing that Godzilla 1998 did better. When Hank Azaria yeah. is in Madison Square Garden, he's like, oh, dude, this is, like, where the Nick shower and stuff. Like, fuck. Yeah. If I'm going to a stadium of my team, I'm going to be like, Fuck, like, this this is it. Like, I'm here, man. Like, this is awesome. And again, here's another reason that Godzilla is stealing from old Godzilla. Madison Square Garden, Fenway Park. There you go. <laughs> Famous arenas. Didn't just, It clicked right there that they, they stole the same plot line from Godzilla 98. She's done with. Cool, the monsters come to Boston. Um, Vera <laughs> Fomega. See, I'm not a huge fan of that reveal scene. I, like, it's... Really? it goes nowhere i'm
1: not saying it's brilliant but it's it's probably one of the better things we're going to get in either of these godzilla movies
0: it's just it just people get angry at her and like you've also destroyed it more for me now knowing that uh yeah basically the monarch are doing (laughs) the same thing um so Gura, we get angry she goes nowhere she follows her daughter and she ends up sacrificing herself for no fucking reason can i just point out she doesn't need to die but i don't care she dies uh outside of that ken Watanabe sacrifices himself because I, like I lost it at this point, like I, it got so confusing to me. I don't know if I wasn't paying attention enough, but so basically, Godzilla's died because of the oxygen bomb. They're trying to find him. They discover these tunnels, which okay, Bradley, which doesn't. He does a bit of a yeah, I knew it, but then it's forgotten about. Like this again should be a massive human discovery, to which like they literally become the first humans to go into Hollow Earth. Like two seconds later, it's just oh yeah, cool, we we're here, we've created history, whatever. Uh, the nuclear bomb just happened. I, I love this random guy, like. We can't use the bomb. Why not? It's damaged. Let's fix it. We can't. No <laughs> explanation needed. That's it. Like fucking say, like the timing belt's gone or something like that. Like the the radiator yeah, make of up blue a word. Just yeah, yeah, the the foomanandididi is gone. Oh no, not the whatever Um, like and again, like I feel like we're also not pressed. The Solex agitator is done. <laughs> <laughs> like and another thing too, that there's a problem. Like you need to have a line here. You need to have some moment where they say we need to get to Boston in the next five hours or we're all done for. Like, you know how you point out countdown clock. Yeah. Because you point out before that um, Vera Farmiga is like, Oh, we weren't meant to do this all at once. And thing was just like, okay. Like, I feel like you need to have some sort of desperation because literally they could go, Oh, the bomb's not working. Oh, okay. Let's go get another one. Okay. We're back in three hours. Vroom, vroom. Got another one, sweet. Let's go. Or fucking get the US military to shoot one down in there. Ken White is be just like, I will do it. They literally should be like, Ken's fine. You don't need him. No, I must do it. No, Ken. Like really, he's a- and he's a scientist. Does he know how to operate nuclear bombs? Yeah, and like, and there's like one person who's like, no, and they're like, I need to do it. Okay. <laughs> And then from that point, they've got a sub, he can put on a suit, and it's all fine. I mean, it's a sweet scene. He touches Godzilla and is like, for you, old friend. But even then, they survive a nuclear blast underwater. Cool. We get a. The, we get the poster shot of Godzilla shooting a blue sky beam up into the sky, uh, and then they stare at Godzilla and he swims off because, oh, we need to have a moment of love with Godzilla. Uh, <laughs> and then we get the epic battle, battle to the death at the end. Uh, I mean, it is an epic scene, like... I mean, fuck, all sensibility is gone in this movie at this point. You've got four giant monsters yeah. destroying each other in Boston. This is what you pay to see this movie. The fact that I was on keto on day one, I couldn't eat fucking popcorn while watching this scene. It, it's bad, but, oh, just epic. This, if any this ever gets released on a big screen again, go and see this just for this final mm-hmm. sequence alone. Um, I do love that scene when Godzilla storms through the building and just kind of is just like, sup. Um, <laughs> Some reason Godzilla's gonna turn nuclear. Again, goes back to my point where, like, we don't know anything about Godzilla. Where is he dead? Okay. Oh, hang on. He's about to turn nuclear in five minutes. Oh, how did you know that? Yeah. I just did. Uh- <laughs> yeah. What else have we gotten wrong in this movie? <laughs> yeah, but just happen to know that Godzilla's gonna go nuclear. Um,. He ends up uh, ripping, killing heads. I like it when Thingos Ghidorah's heads get ripped off and they grow back. Uh, also, the hurricane that's around Ghidorah just happens to have disappeared. Cool. Uh, Mothra <laughs> dies here, apparently. Do, I, do we see Mothra die? And, and Mothra was just born, too. That's a very
1: short lifespan for Mothra.
0: Also, to go with the reactions I said before about buildings falling over, no debris, no rubble, you can literally stand in Fenway Park in this movie, have a jet crash within three metres of you, blow up and you're just like "Eh, brush a bit of dust. You're Luke Skywalker in the last Jedi. You (laughs) brush some (laughs) dust off your shoulder and fucking bugger off. Similar to the first Godzilla. When Godzilla turns nuclear, you can just be a mile down and a nuclear bomb won't hurt you again. All the survivors in Boston, there are just blown up. Um, Epic action scene. It's great. I love it. I'm nitpicking. But then the stupid character, like, why do we care about these characters? Quote, care. They're literally in this hummer yelling at each other. Oh, you're to blame. Oh, you're to blame. We get Ice Cube Jr. going, oh, I would run away to home too. And they're like, what? Did you say home? And fucking Boston's such a small city that you can just run to the suburbs. I've been to Boston. I stayed in the suburbs. It took me a good hour to get from my fucking place in the <laughs> suburbs to the city when I called an Uber. So, But he's Kyle Chandler. He's Carl Chandler. He's faster <laughs> than Britney Spears. Um, yes. And basically Godzilla turns nuclear. Uh, Ghidorah's dead, uh, I think. Yeah. No. Oh, I like that scene when you think it's alive, but it's actually just Godzilla fucking eating it in its mouth. And then all mm-hmm. the monsters have happened to get there in five seconds from fucking airs, Rock and everything. I like the big walrus one with the big tusks. That look cool. Yeah. And they all bow down and Godzilla roars because he is the king of the monsters. We get like... I, like, I cringe so badly when Bradley Wifford's like, lucky he's on our side. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um... And then it ends with the best thing about this movie when it's going well down on the road.
1: <laughs> so what's his name?
0: Serge uh, Tankin or whatever his name is, aka System of a Down. Such a great song. I like. I remember when that came on in the cinema. like, fuck, what's this song? And I'm like, Shazamming it. I would listen to it nonstop for about like a month. And then, like, the thing that i don't get about this movie it's very dark it's kind of it's got a few sort of marvel one-liners but then you got these closing credits with like you know the all the headlines and they're trying to be a little bit funny with like what is it like titan poo good for development or something yeah. like that it's, um, it's the bill and ted's bogus journey yeah. final closing credits. i do like it though like i like these headlines and kind of the world's like growing back because of these great titans and then all this mysterious stuff is happening on skull island oh that's not going to set something up for the future Having said that, I've got a question. Where the fuck is Kong? Like, why doesn't Kong show up? Is this meant to be we're going to learn well, in the next movie or?
1: No, I think that uh, there's a line that's sort of thrown away um, where they say everything on Skull Island starting to escape. Uh, but Kong, of course, not being able to swim, I'd guess, uh, hmm. is going to be stuck there. Poor whereas Kong. anything that maybe, maybe swimming creatures like the octopuses are escaping and then
0: the birds. Or escaping, but uh, nothing else. Not gonna see Kong in, in Tokyo 2020. He's uh, not swimming for Skull yeah. Island, representing the great nation of <laughs> Skull Island. Da, 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 da. Um, and then we get a post credit scene where Charles Dance, because remember him? Uh, he is, he. you know who he is? He's the Daniel Craig from Tomb Raider of this movie. Like he's there, he's yeah. prominent, disappears with no reason whatsoever. Remember that? Daniel Craig yeah. disappearing in Tomb Raider? Uh, and he's there to buy a head of Ghidorah. And it's dramatic because he's like, we'll take it. And it's like, okay, that's meant to. (laughs) And do what with it? (laughs) Didn't we literally see the head of one of the MUTOs, like on the wall of one of those facilities earlier on? So um, yeah, Godzilla, King of Monsters, ending with the greatest song ever. Now, there's a couple of things that I have issues with
1: Monarch in this. All of their research is based off of cave paintings. Um, They seem to act as if there's only one of these creatures ever for all the species. Because they even say the, the rivalry between Godzilla and Ghidorah is legendary. They're basing this off of one painting they found where Ghidorah and Godzilla are standing next to each other. Their friendship could have been legendary. It doesn't yeah. show them like, <laughs> and it's one cave painting. Like, this is your research monarch? And this is oh, how they
0: oh, show oh. their friendship. Like, this is them, like, roughhousing. Like, oh, girl, yeah, come here, exactly. Ghidorah, you old yeah, buddy. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> girl, i give you I'm going to give you a, a nookie. <laughs> oh, Godzilla, you going nuclear, ripping my head off. Oh, good time. We'll catch up in a couple thousand years. Good on you, mate. Godzilla, Mothra, and Rodan all giving a wet Willy to each of Ghidorah's heads. <laughs> oh, Kong's, good times, guys. Kong, Kong's made off working in the jungle for many years. It's been a long time. Hasn't it Oh, Kong, how are you? Oh. <laughs> Humans, like, they're fighting. Like, it's you getting sex and fighting confused. Like, they're confused.
1: You know, where Godzilla is grabbing Ghidorah's head, he's actually like, got your nose. <laughs>
0: And also, can I just put out just on that topic really quickly, you talk about the paintings. Again, it goes back to the point of this movie that literally everything knows everyone off one thing. Like, here you go, it's like, oh, my God, I've discovered paintings. What are they? It's Godzilla and and Ghidorah. They must be rivals. We better kill them. Okay, like, fuck, I could draw stick <laughs> figures right now of like a dinosaur and a-, and a rabbit fighting in a thousand years' time if they're just coincidentally happens to be a rabbit and a dinosaur fighting all oh, the great works of Victoria, indigenous people, Australian people. Like this must be our gospel. Like, fuck, it could be anything. You know, I, I can't wait to make a painting
1: of Ben Waterworth and Amanda Pete naked, <laughs> having hot sex together and then wow. bury it in the ground. And then decades from now, they're going to be like, did you know that Ben Waterworth's love for
0: Amanda Pete was known around the world? No, if, if you actually do that, I would be very impressed. So.
1: <laughs> oh, maybe for your birthday. Uh, we'll have to see. I'll,
0: I'll put that on a t shirt. Got a couple um, of days but- to go, Colin. Hurry up. <laughs> Actually, this episode <laughs> has been movie? released on my birthday. Happy birthday to me. Oh, happy birthday, Ben. What Thank did you, you get? Colin. I
1: don't know. What did you get me? You got a nice nude painting of Ben Waterworth <laughs> and Amanda Pete having and hot, passionate sex. Gonorrhea. <laughs> you got gonorrhea for your birthday. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's got your gonorrhea for your
1: birthday thank you but but mallory didn't there's something wrong there i know um
0: she gave it to me uh, somehow without <laughs> which, contracting it herself <laughs> let's let's
1: talk about weird sex in this movie too uh they have a discussion about so mothra and godzilla they were a thing like yeah <laughs> why is that worked into this movie which by the way is impossible because we are seeing this mothra being born godzilla and mothra's great great grandma fine but like does this mothra have an emotional connection considering she was born has had contact with three human beings and then flies off to save the day doesn't godzilla's make any sense godzilla's a pedo mothra's a
0: newborn you filthy exactly bastard. god's ben is godzilla <laughs> mothra is mallory <laughs> Yeah, okay. I'll take it. I know know what our Um, next role player, let me write that down. Godzilla (laughs) and Mothra. Okay. I'll get some suits on eBay.
1: Now, now here's another problem I have. We have two scenes that happen pretty much at the same time. We have the uh, Mothra sprouts her wings scene with Joe Morton, and then we have the discovery of the Hollow Earth scene. Why is Joe Morton not in the Hollow Earth scene if he's supposed to be Uh, Corey Hawkins character from Kong Skull Island that entire character's purpose was he believed in Hollow Earth so much that he wanted to prove it that's why he was there and then we have Hollow Earth being proven and Corey Hawkins doesn't even get on the phone to say is it there is it there it's there guys I was right (laughs) all you who laughed at me like he's not even part of why is he part of Mothra this has nothing to do with the character so why put him in here as the same character um, I will say another nod that uh, doesn't translate in this movie that they obviously were going for is um, the the character. As you said, the token Chinese character to appeal to the Chinese markets, uh, Zi Zhang uh, from Crouching Tiger. Her character is supposed to be a throwback to a character that appeared in, uh, well, at least the Godzilla versus Mothra, but all the Mothra movies, which is twin fairies. Now, this is oh. how silly the 60s Godzilla movie were. There were the two twin, like, three-inch-tall fairies that would sing a Mothra song that would bring Mothra. Mothra! Mothra! That's basically... They wanted this character to be a representation of that? Like, and again, her only appearance with Mothra is she's standing there when Mothra gets the wings. So I don't know what they were going for, but this is supposed to be a twin fairy character. Don't know what the purpose is. Um, I also don't know if she lives in this movie. Does she live? She's supposed to she's supposed to be in the sequel.
0: Yeah. Um, So I guess she lives. I mean, I paid as much attention to her as the last token Chinese character (laughs) in the last, uh, movie that we watched (laughs) last week. I mean, she was there. (laughs) Good for her. And I'm sure, like, is this just a thing in China? Like, do Chinese audiences go like, okay, we're going to go see a movie? Yeah. Uh, Looking at the cast, no Chinese actors. Okay, maybe we won't Well, no, that's, it's a fair argument, though, because we talked about how
1: uh, the Godzilla 1954 and even when they rebooted Godzilla in 84, they did the same thing. They inserted an American actor into what was already shot as a Japanese movie. Uh, just having you know him standing, hmm, reacting to other people off camera. So I mean, it's a thing, and I guess even in America.
0: So maybe Americans and Chinese are just the the most shallow movie audiences in the world. They have to like they but, are. like if that was an Australian thing, like okay, fair enough. Now we probably would see all the movies because we're always in them, right? But like I don't ever go to the cinema and go, all right, new James Bond, let's get into it. Fuck no Australians, no no interest. Sorry, yeah, I don't right. yeah, well, care. Like Canadians, <laughs> Jesus, you'd be I mean, you'd always see movies. You're always in movies as well, but you know,
1: yeah. But um, no, I I just I really wish that they had maybe given her character some other purpose instead of being the twin fairies, because now I keep wanting her to sprout wings and have another twin and then be walking around on countertops like, you know, (laughs) one tenth the size of everybody else in the room. Um, But uh, she's there and Corey Hawkins character is in the wrong spot in this movie. Just saying Uh, I love Millie Bobby Brown who has basically hooked up, not hooked up in that way. I mean, she's not, you know, this this isn't Mothra and Godzilla here, but uh, (laughs) she's connected to, she knows that this is an eco-terrorist, and she gets mad because she's like, this isn't the way it was supposed to happen, Mom. You knew what they were doing. You're a terrorist as well. I don't care if you're a child. But what's even better is that the world's most dangerous eco-terrorist, Charles Dance, has such low security in his compound that a 12-year-old girl can steal the most valuable weapon in the world. Now, this orca sneak out, go unnoticed for half a day before anybody's like, "Wait, where's the kid? Where's the orca?" Oops, sorry. Where is the security? Like they, they stormed these high, you know, security compounds of monarchs. They seize control of the world, and yet this kid sneaks out with it? Like, that's so stupid. Um, There is uh, uh, an appearance of uh, another uh, throwback thing here. The music that's played when Godzilla kind of gets nuked in the face and then comes out like the whole (laughs) breathing into the sky scene. Uh, That's the original Godzilla theme music. That's the Godzilla theme music from the Japanese. It is. I I actually thought about making that my ringtone at one point, Uh, but that's that music is the original Godzilla theme music. They worked in here a couple points and then plays in the credits too. Uh, And then again, everything that you're mocking in this movie, I'm not, not mocking it with you. I'm actually maybe even more frustrated than you are, but like Ken Watanabe just sacrificed himself for what reason? Uh, Also a throwback to the original Godzilla movie because The Dr. Sarazawa character in the original used the oxygen killer, but somebody had to detonate it manually. So he went underwater and sacrificed himself with the oxygen destroyer. This is nothing more than let's cheaply replicate the death from the original, but with no rational reason why he's doing it. They even say, oh, can we go out there and activate it? No, it's too hot. And then he goes out there. His suit's not melting. (laughs) Um, He's just there. And no, we can we have to detonate it by hand. And also, a nuclear explosion goes off. This submarine is a couple hundred feet away and it just sort of pushes them. They're like, we <laughs> just sort of push <laughs> a little faster. <laughs> uh, but still, we get the go back and listen to the original review. Jamie's nuke him in the face. Nuke him in the um, <laughs> And the Godzilla coming out with breathing the nuclear fire. And wasn't there into a time? tsunami
0: from this as well? Like there's a nuclear bomb underwater. Forget, barely even a fart bubble yeah. pops up.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's um, what's the uh, the, the Finding Nemo? You yeah. remember Finding Nemo? Yeah. Yeah, the, the Finding Nemo scene where it goes off, and then all of a sudden, the one little bubble. You think that the, the seagull farted, or and it's like Nice, yeah. and then he flies off. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's what this is. Plus, even Godzilla, like you mentioned, the tsunami when Godzilla swims on shore. When Godzilla, the Rodan uh, fight scene ends or whatever, Godzilla swims away and its tail crashes right next to the ship. And it's just like splash in their face. Whoa. And coming to Boston too, like
0: when he was coming to Hawaii, again, fucking tsunami. Boston, bit of war yeah. on the, oh, wipe that off. That's all good.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I mean, you, you can't fault the final fight scene. I mean, it, it's spectacular to see these four creatures. I especially like that uh, uh, the alpha cry that was combined between humans and And uh, Godzilla's cry that draws all the creatures here. Hmm. Uh, Now, when Millie Bobby Brown is in this building and Ghidorah arrives and Ghidorah looks in the window at her and sup again, (laughs) just the absurdity that Ghidorah is hearing what sounds like Godzilla mixed with some other creature. It doesn't know. And it goes and it finds this tiny little girl, which would be the equivalent if we're hearing some monstrous roar in our backyard. And we go out there, what is that noise? And we see an ant on the ground. We get right face-to-face with the ant. It's like, was that you making all that noise? (laughs) I hate in these movies when these monsters get face-to-face with humans. You're not even going to see the humans. Nor if you do see a human... You're like, oh, that's what it's making all the noise. Let me triple headed fire breathe this building down yeah. because this little girl on the inside must be the one causing all this commotion.
0: And why do these monsters um, eat humans? This is like if we eat ants. Exactly. Like if we look at yeah. an ant, mm, that's not no substance. We don't want it. Yeah, exactly. I don't understand why they're eating. Like,
1: what do they eat? What does uh, Ghidorah eat? Is, is humans like part of it? You know, it's uh, it's it's daily nutrition. I is is this is this this keto uh phase that it's going through? I can only eat humans. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, but still, the fight scene's great. I love that Rodan and you have Rodan and Ghidorah on one side, and then Mothra and Godzilla kind of on the other. It's like you know a tag team match going on. Um, uh, the Mothra kill of Rodan, which is sort of Spike stabs it through the chest is pretty cool. Uh, the, the, the massive, you know, Ghidorah being burned alive is great. Um, <laughs> What is the, this line in the movie to Sarah where the, where Godzilla was going nuclear? And like, it's about to go nuclear. And then Bradley Whitford feels the need to say, Sarah Zawa's got that lizard juiced. <laughs> <laughs> okay. A yeah, little so like, awkward.
0: Because one of them, they say like, he's definitely been working out or something like that. Like, yeah. And then Godzilla turns to the camera and goes, oh, you noticed. Trading for Tokyo.
1: <laughs> um yeah they're really not concerned at all about the atomic breath that's being spit all over the place uh and that when they even say about godzilla the good thing he's on our side for now like, oh that's <laughs> not a tease for a sequel <laughs> but still godzilla
0: bad and then kong aren't we meant to root for well we kong? yeah like, we're,
1: we still don't know because they presented both of these characters as saviors uh but one of them is going to happen I mean, and also are they just going to end up fighting a bigger monster i think that the yes. director did tease that there that there is going to be a real fight it's not just going to be them teaming up or whatever uh but i mean the fight scene is spectacular this is what you wait for and i think what this movie has over the first one is you get a lot of monsters but most of them if you add up the screen time is equivalent to what you got in the first one it's just you don't have that constant disappointment of oh it's not godzilla yet oh it's still not godzilla i mean it, it's It's spaced out enough. And then when you get to this final fight scene, it is slightly more visible than the first movie. (laughs) You can see a little bit more of what's going on. Uh, I also made a note, like you said, Titan wastes new energy source, question (laughs) mark. And did you also notice, uh, forget about the whole deleted scene, that in the credits, uh, it says Godzilla played by himself. Uh, Rodan played by, these four
0: monsters are credited as being played by themselves. I didn't see it. Well, it was our point. Exactly. They were, you know, doing well. That's what you said. Yeah, exactly. I didn't, I didn't see that, but uh, I guess I'm ahead of my time with my, uh, my comedy really there. Um, so this movie, I actually, before I, I, I've been staring at the screen for a while and I want to point this out. Like we talk about the visual effects. Um, actually probably my favorite scene of that last fight is when Godzilla, before he goes nuclear, he like starts glowing red and there's that epic shot and he kind of blows up. Oh yeah. Um, This movie's special effects uh, are amazing. Um, Now, Godzilla 2014 was shortlisted for Best Visual Effects but didn't make the finals for the Oscars because on Wikipedia you see the other, um, I guess, shortlisted ones. OG Godzilla 1998 got shortlisted but didn't make the final cut. Um, King uh, Kong got, obviously, uh, an actual nomination for Best Visual Effects. Didn't win, lost to Blade Runner. This... Did not even get shortlisted for best visual effects, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Yeah, so, um, the the obviously, the 1917 won the Oscar last year for best visual effects. Avengers Endgame, The Irishman, The Lion King, uh, and Star Wars, the Rise of Skywalker were the, um, the, obviously the nominees. But in the first round, I won't go through all of them, but such ones in the first round, so eliminate the first rounds that uh, got there over this. The aeronauts don't even know what that is. Ford v Ferrari, okay. There's some special effects <laughs> there, but you know, sure. Many in Black, international. Oh come off. on! And Midway, uh, okay. Second round. So these ones obviously got uh, eliminated just before the final cutoff was Elita, Battle Angel, Captain Marvel, ooh, ooh, ooh. <sighs> Cats, uh, <laughs> Gemini Cats Man. Makes it cats made it further than this yep and terminated dark fate uh this didn't even make like the the rounds like what is oh. i would put this over the lion king as a nominee like i mean okay lion, king lion King's not
1: it's an it's animation of course yeah.
0: and how did the 1994 lion king make it as a shortlisted finalist for best visual effects it's animated like, yeah. Anyway, um, not the biggest box office success. I mean, it didn't bomb. Like I think people call this like a box office bomb, but I guess in comparison to what they were maybe expecting. I mean, domestically 110 million, worldwide 300. Ah, oh, sorry, international 276, so a total of 386 million. It's uh, opening weekend, uh, which was May thirty first to June second. It opened with forty seven million. It beat Rocket Man, which made twenty five million, and Ma, which made eighteen million. Aladdin, in its uh, second week, was still on forty two million dollars at that point. So, of all three of the MonsterVerse movies, this has uh, made the least. Uh, sort of each one that's been released has kind of dropped off on the box office. Uh, so this made about $50 million less than Kong Skull Island domestically uh, and about $120 million less uh, domestically. Uh, uh, internationally, sorry. Godzilla, the first one, 2014, made $200 million domestically, although Kong made more internationally than it did domestically. So, um, yeah, disappointing in the fact that this was the most, it made, cost about $200 million to make, $386 million worldwide. Rotten Tomatoes, forty three percent. This uh, got a lot of mixed, sort of, to negative reviews. Uh, a lot of people uh, saying what we say that the the human characters are crap, but the action's pretty exciting. Um, got nominated for a Razzie uh, for worst remake or sequel, uh, but it lost to Rambo: Last Blood. Uh, and I also I do, like Rambo: Last Blood. I also do appreciate the other nominees that year were Dark Phoenix, Hellboy. A Medea Family Funeral, and Toy Story 4. I didn't realise got nominated. I appreciate thank you. that. Yes, thank you very much for that. Um, and also, didn't realise, at the time of recording this, I believe the Academy Award nominations get released tomorrow. So, of course, Ooh. by the time you hear this on the 18th, we would already know our Oscar nominations, so we'll know what Oscar films are having to become. I believe they get released on the 15th. Don't quote me. But I didn't realise that the Razzie nominees are actually released during the week, uh, since we've last spoken. And... Um, Apparently, there's a little movie called 365 Days, which looks like porn. I'm, I'm intrigued to watch it. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger was in a movie called Iron Mask, and he was nominated for Worst Supporting Actor. <laughs> um, of course he was. And Wonder Woman 1984, nominated for Worst Prequel Remake Ripoff or Sequel. Boo! Um, anyway, we don't really cover the Razzies. Maybe we will one year. Um... Yeah, do you I don't know if you have anything else to add on the sort of the reviews or the box office as so we can sort of No, yeah. not really. No, not really. Let's get into our uh plot I'll make sure I click on Godzilla King of Monsters and not Bridesmaids. That would be awkward. <laughs> um so our plot keywords and user reviews. What do we have for plot keywords? Returning character killed off month. Sure. Uh anything. Fenway exciting? Park month. Oh yeah? Surely Pitch Perfect or The Perfect Catch, whatever you call it yeah. here is.
1: Uh, Godzilla, King of Monsters, A Star is Born, The Town, and Ali McBeal.
0: Star is Born? Where's Fenway Park and A Star is Born? One of the concerts, maybe? Obscene Finger Gesture Month. <laughs> uh, featuring Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Knives Out. Again, there's Knives Out, Crazy Stupid Love, and Guardians of the Galaxy. Um... Again, there's so many. Like people go into like so many details, but they're just oh shit. Oh. What is
1: pyroclastic flow month? Uh,
0: something to do with pyroclastic flow.
1: Godzilla, um, King of Monsters, two thousand twelve, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, and the Secret Life of Walter Mitty. One of those movies does not belong.
0: <laughs> <laughs> One of these is not like the other. Um, close up of eyes month, featuring puns. <laughs> well, there was a lot of that. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy, Wolf of Wall Street, and Titanic. Yay. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm. I'm done with this one No thank you Um, Oh Washington Reference to Washington Monument We should have mentioned Washington got destroyed In this movie We didn't mention that (laughs) Uh, User reviews Let's, Let's go for one stars Just a couple of headlines here My eyes are hurting After watching this movie it's a movie about talking people with monsters in the background. Actually, that's a good summary. Um, <laughs> I really like that summary. Uh, what a boring movie. Every monster scene plays in the dark. The characters talk about some family therapy stuff from the beginning and end. All I say, there are 10 minutes of monster action. The rest is talking and looking at a black box. The Roland Emmerich movie was the best one. He made Godzilla a threat. Yes, people are appreciating it. Um, hopeless and worthless movie in capitals. The trailer was too much. Aesthetic movie. Who writes this crap? How desperate are the actors that actually take roles in such films? You notice
1: how many of the bad reviews of this one are like, I'm
0: not even going to be bothered to write more than three words. Yeah. Um, a lot of the headlines are the worst uh, Godzilla movie ever. A lot of people saying so. Boring. Boring movie. Storyline is weak and not makes sense. It just, it's just the monster fight with each other. Uh, your review doesn't. I make love sense. this one. This was our last chance to get the Godzilla movie we
1: all wanted, but it failed terribly. Yes, because after. 70 years and 35 movies, this was the last one.
0: Yes, every single one has been bad. Um, what? A, well, you've technically reviewed this already, but, I mean, yes. you can change it if you want. You rented this. You did. Jamie bought it. Are you wanting to change or are you satisfied no. with your rent? I'm sticking with it. Uh, Jamie kept asking me, even though
1: she had seen this with me before, what, two years ago, though. uh, As I was watching, she kept asking us like, oh, do you like this movie? I'm like, yeah, you know, it's not the greatest Godzilla movie ever, but it's it's a blast. Uh, I love all Godzilla movies, so... Uh, Even though there are much worse Godzilla movies than this, including the 2014 one. So I'd still say this is a rent. Most Godzilla movies are not going to be worth a buy. Maybe a handful of them are. So rent is pretty fair for a Godzilla movie.
0: And I'm assuming that you are putting the second then behind Kong Skull Island? Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely not going to be behind 2014's because you've been that, right? So you've Oh, bought, did I ever <laughs> bought, rent, and been. Um I honestly came into this thinking I was going to buy it because I like I had fond memories of leaving the cinema and liking it, but I'm renting it um because yeah, like take the uh, just you do your editing of your movies, fucking edit this with just yeah. fighting. Take all the human <laughs> stuff out and I'll be happy. But uh, look, I mean I'm going to watch this movie. Uh, I, I, it's just cheap, shitty fun um, with just elements that annoy you. But uh, I mean, I'm putting this third because uh, obviously I've got uh, Kong Skull oh, Island first. Godzilla. That's
1: disgusting that well, you've got 2014
0: I, ahead of us. I, I bought it. Shut up. Um, I would put Godzilla 1998 at top of all of them right now. So uh, <laughs> would you, would you put Godzilla 98 ahead of Kong Skull Island? I might uh, like that again, 1998 Godzilla. It's, it's fun. and. It, it, same with Kong Sky. I think there's less problems with that one than there are more even character Island. development? Definitely, yeah. Even though there's not a whole lot of character development in Godzilla 1998, <laughs> but, I mean, <laughs> Ni- Dr. Nico Tappapapalos, you, you get to know him a bit more. Uh, all right, next week, I know shit all about this next movie. Uh, I believe this will be the oldest movie we've ever covered. I mean, I know we did Dr. No on 007, that's 1962 as well. But I don't think we've done anything. I mean, The Night of the Living Dead yeah. what was, what was that? 60... No, that was like 67, I think. So, so, yeah, no, I think you're right. And 2001 Space Odyssey was 69.
1: 69. Yeah, so this is <laughs> quite a
0: bit older. Um. <laughs> so this will be the oldest one we've ever done. It is King Kong vs. Godzilla, the Japanese version, before we get into Godzilla v. Kong i i think i told you about my history of godzilla i'd seen a couple of clips here and there on sbs or whatever when i've seen it so i i didn't even know i think this movie existed so um i downloaded it i'm looking forward to watching it uh is this movie generally liked hated amongst the godzilla franchise i mean what, what can i expect and should i prepare myself for very bad special effects and to not take it too seriously
1: Uh, well, I mean, that's the appeal of these movies. So prepare yourself for some cheesy special effects and to not take it seriously. I will say this is probably one of the more serious ones of like the, the classic Godzilla movies, uh, just in the tone and all that. But there is a lot of ridiculous silliness in this, which is part of the appeal. I've only seen this twice. I saw it, uh, both times where I've watched the entire Godzilla series. Uh, I included this in there. Uh, But I always remembered it being, oh, I actually really enjoyed that one in comparison to all the other ones. But I remember nothing. I remember the final fight scene and nothing else. And yet there are other Godzilla movies where I remember more than this. So, really, I'm kind of going in blind too.
0: I'm also seeing here that, I I mean, I'm looking at the cast going, I'm not going to know anyone. But uh, (laughs) Miyahama, a.k.a. Kissy Suzuki, is in this movie. Um, Mm -hmm. So... And she's still alive. Good for her. Well, she is at the time of recording this. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I I always like watching movies that I generally probably wouldn't watch ever. Uh, But... This has been Godzilla King of Monsters, our last of the Monsterverse before we get to the newest Monsterverse, because obviously switching up tack a little bit next week. But thanks everyone for tuning in. If you haven't listened to our 1,000th episode, Spectacular, it's now available. It's a spectacular episode. Uh, go back and listen to it. And, of course, we've got a bunch of other great stuff happening here on the Oz Network, so stay tuned for that. You'll uh, hear how to follow and listen to everything very shortly, as well as our Patreon, www.patreon.com forward slash Network. You can sign up and do shit, which is great. So, Go do that right now. My name is Ben, and... Ah, oh shit.
1: <laughs> oh, that's it. Um, <laughs> yes. I thought you forgot your quote.
0: <laughs> no, that's, well. That line that we didn't even mention, that every time they get about <laughs> to get blown up by the rays, they're like, ah, oh shit. I actually like that line, but anyway. Uh, and my name is Colin, and Ben and I,
1: throughout the course of this podcast, more character development than either Godzilla movie.
0: Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as find